This is the Troll Patrol. Why? With Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday, and let me tell you, doing the Troll Patrol on a Sunday has thrown me completely off this week. It feels like it's a Wednesday or a Thursday. Because I've already done so much political commentary. Of course, this is the first week that we have moved to our new time slot on Sunday nights, Sunday through Thursday. It, it's Tuesday. It's a freaking Tuesday. And trying to put together conferences with clients for the rest of the week has been a little uh, annoying for me. Because it feels like it's Wednesday or Thursday. No, it's Tuesday. Fuck, I thought you were... It is Tuesday. Do not listen to Warlord. Now, he is across the pond, but I don't think it's Wednesday there yet either. Almost. Tonight, the CDC. Oh, it's 1 a.m. over there. I'm sorry. It is indeed Wednesday for Warlord. My apologies. I'm not good with time. No one has ever accused me of that. Neither is the CDC good with time because they have finally decided to issue a new eviction moratorium. Just a couple of days late, right? The New York Attorney General has proven what we all already knew. Governor Andrew Cuomo is a fucking creep and should resign. Workers at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Alabama are going to get one more shot at unionizing. Meanwhile, uh, workers that are entering their fifth month of striking... At an Alabama coal mine are still facing attacks from vehicles trying to hit them. Plus half, half of a church congregation has been accused of theft against the church. Now the congregation is only four people and it was only two people charged. But when I saw the headline, I laughed my ass off. Half the congregation charged with stealing from the church. Plus, by the end of the show, a puppy is going to teach us how to bake some shit. So do look forward to that. I I don't know I don't even know what Me Too is like it's it's it was a hashtag on Twitter I know there's like a, an official organization or whatever no, it was a hashtag on Twitter but like when you when you come in here and say something like Me Too doesn't care about Cuomo because he he's not in the Roddy party you're trying to say that the left is ignoring the sexual assault allegations against him, and I've been calling on Cuomo to resign for fucking months now. So, like, it, it's a disingenuous attack. I want you to look at this shit. 
This article on the Daily Caller. I freaking love living there. American wrestler praises God and the USA after winning gold. And look at the picture they used. Democrats are weak-willed. Absolutely. And that's why uh, it took them several days and immense pressure from Congress people actually sleeping on the steps of Congress in order to get the CDC to issue a new eviction ban for most, not even the whole country. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a new eviction moratorium that would last until October 3rd as the Biden administration sought to quell intensifying criticism from progressives that it was allowing vulnerable renters to lose their homes during a pandemic. Ban announced on Tuesday could help keep millions in their homes as the coronavirus Delta variant has spread and states have been slow to release federal rental aid. It would temporarily halt evictions in counties with substantial and high levels of virus transmission and would cover areas where 90% of the U.S. population lives. Once again, it's another one of those like means-testing things that the Democrats didn't have to do. They could have just issued it nationwide, no, no questions asked, but no. We got we to gotta do it. 90% of where the population lives. The announcement was a reversal for the Biden administration, which allowed an earlier moratorium to lapse over the weekend after saying a Supreme Court ruling prevented an extension. That ripped open a dramatic split between the White House and progressive Democrats, who insisted the administration do more to prevent some 3.6 million Americans from losing their homes during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, do we want to watch Charlie Kirk and like, I like producer Dave's, um, he has a saying about not going after people that are kind of in our own lane, but I'm not a fan of Vosh in any way. So I, I like, I guess I would root for him in that debate. All right, if the people demand it, we'll do it. There's nobody to root for. Kirk. Are they on already? I am not seeing a live stream. Can you guys send me a link? Vosh's channel is not live. I don't I don't know where they're where they're at.
the fuck is saying that Cuomo's accusers are lying? Like, we're not a pro-Cuomo channel, that's for fucking sure. What the hell is wrong with people? Oh, it's on Tim Bull. Okay, that's why I couldn't find it. Tim Pool's like the moderator of this shit. I'm totally not high enough for this let's, one. Let's, let's talk about the points he's made. And no, I'm just—I was just enjoying the irony. Well, That's it's all. well. The thing is, it's not really like irony if you understand the issue at hand. See, my praise doesn't go to the pharmaceutical companies or their CEOs. It goes to the tireless workers who spend months and months and months developing these vaccines. Very. Who's getting rich very big from fan- this vaccine? Well, hold on. Have I at any point praised the distribution or profiteering system? Who do you think gets rich Pfizer? from vaccine so mandates? This is, the so workers this, or this the is Pfizer CEO? Nobody's talking about who gets rich. This is a toothless. Isn't that your whole Wait, hold on. This is a toothless like, critique rights. that you could. Let's, Charlie, let's, let's, hold let's, on. let's try and go back and forth. Then. This is a toothless critique that you could apply to literally anything that you don't like. Everything in this country is manufactured to the profit no, no, of but CEOs. We don't mandate it, and so you can't go to restaurants if you don't get one of yeah, four so, major well, pharmaceutical so medicines. Oh. I just want to say, if that's your... My cats do not like getting shotgunned. So if that's the criticism you want to focus on, I'm in favor of nationalizing the pharmaceutical industry. I'm willing to take it that far. But whether or not that's on the table, and I can't just make that happen, when we're talking strictly about the effectiveness of the vaccine, it seems so, to be effective. So let, let's that's not a praise of the capitalist industry behind no, it. No, I was just enjoying the irony. That's it's all. not so, irony. Charlie. Well, it's totally ironic because I'm the one saying that they might be lying to us. And you're the one that's saying it's super effective. Wait, what? Which you, well, it, it is super effective. We have the data. Right versus left it would be the other way around. That's all I'm saying. The only comment but I'm making what, is what do you have to, to say about VAERS, though? What do you have to say about the vaccine adverse event reporting system that said well, over 7,000 people? It's like Wikipedia. Anybody can fucking put shit up there. Um the VARES system is entirely self-reported. I don't think it's generally used. Do you think to it's form underreported or overreported? Overreported. It's almost impossible to say. You know what VARES is, right? Can you tell me what VARES is? Yeah, VARES is a government website that mm-hmm. physicians or individuals can submit complaints or concerns after an adverse adverse event. Report. And they publish everything. You cannot win in court against a vaccine production company. Then they go through some process where the government... And there are anti-vaxxers that go and post bullshit on there. ...at an adverse event reaction. Right, That's what varies. And researchers like it because if you take a vaccine or you get some other procedure, any medical drug done, uh, you can report the effects there. And it can be a way of gathering sort of aggregate data concerning the effects of these, um, of these potential treatments. The problem is... Uh, researchers don't use this as a bulletproof way of determining the outcome or effect of anything because they're literally just unvetted online submissions that anybody can put in. So I so agree. Early Kirk is unvaxxed, given the fact that his business partner died of COVID. That is weird. His own data is 7,000 plus, and most of which, by the way... That anyone can submit. No, asking by the way, most of which are physicians. Hey, DK, like, you're not arguing in good faith. Nobody is going to take you seriously, and I'm just going to fucking make fun of you. Doctors... You've come to the wrong place. So I'm just I'm just asking but, what what number of adverse event reactions would you say maybe there's something wrong? But I'm asking ten thousand deaths. How do you know these 20, deaths were caused by vaccines? Deaths? 
No, I'm just saying that's what Vera says, right? No, wait, but I'm, wait. I, so I need to know this. We, we, we don't. You can, so that's Vera's the question. There was a ruling, and then Kavanaugh wrote a. Um, like they may have died from some medical. An aside uh, to that ruling. It just gets put up this there. Is, and this we're is the question. Usually the vaccine. a vaccine gets pulled when you have 15 attributable deaths. We have 7,000 that we have to go through. The no, 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 no. We do not have 7,000. How do you know that they're we, from the vaccine? We don't. That's the point. Oh, But okay. you don't either. But so, the position is let's mandate experimental medicine. This isn't. Ex- no, 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 no. Charlie Kirk doesn't know what he's talking about. Say that medical doctors are the one uploading this information. Well, no, is there any methodology you're we, looking at? We to do know who's actually uploading it. it. We know that. We know the entries are usually and typically traditionally. Made? How about menstrual cycle disruption? Loss of nerve capacity, mm-hmm. unable to walk, paralysis, miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, mood changes. Also, you can go through the VARES database. Like, oh, that's interesting. Mood no, changes. I, 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 but are I, we, what well, about the death? Let me let me interject. Death something is seven thousand plus. That's a serious. I wanna, how do they know it's from the vaccine? I keep asking you this. You don't. Know. Why are you talking to me about it? Who gives a shit? How do we know it's from the vaccine? Nobody gives a fuck about what you're talking about mass vaccination program which gives out 330 million doses or so and then people start saying hey i got the vaccine then this happened well, i'm talking about the media narrative fuck off nobody cares 7000 suggests there may be one at the very least uh, i'm not a scientist so i can't i can't stress that i will also say however to charlie Guillain-Barre syndrome, which I'm probably pronouncing mm-hmm. wrong. It's a I, side I effect. I always of, mispronounce it. Guillain-Barre. Bar. There you go. Yes, um, yes we're going to talk about Cuomo because it's in the news today. And so, we talk about the news here. Well, so, so the issue I have is one of the things. What that, the fuck is wrong with you? How many you mentioned? 100 uh, million, 160 million? I, uh, in the, uh, 115, I think it is. Million. The, uh, who have been fully vaccinated? Fully vaccinated. I think in that ballpark. So, Maybe of course, higher. you know, if you if you you have something very different from uh, uh, any other vaccination we, we normally do because yeah. we're not having everyone do it all at once. Yeah. And so this is a mass inoculation thing. And so here's why the American system should answer this question easily. When you have any sort of uncertainty or disagreement, yield to rights. So yield to rights. Allow well, people so, to so, say no. Let me just build out the argument. Right. So for me, for example, no, I'm 27. I don't consider covid to be. He's not 27. My way of life. I don't know about this vaccine. I have gotten other vaccines in my life. So I want to be able to have the right to say no to that. So the I thought he was my age. Kind of like the tradition. Holy shit, he is 27. Nuance, preferences, and individualism. When it comes to these sort of complex issues, not saying you can't go to a restaurant because we want you to take experimental medicine. Right. So a couple of points on that. First of all, if we're speaking to legal rights, the... Um, Supreme Court found over a century ago that when it came to vaccinations, this was a special exemption from some people's rights to. I, I will agree with you histories. that the courts like are not on my side. 1904 in that one, and there's a reason why. Because of course, when yes. you choose not to take the vaccine, you contribute to the um, removal of others' freedoms. See, it's true you do have a freedom to not or to take a vaccine, but I think other people should have the freedom to not grow up in a world ridden by plague. And with the way this disease, COVID, mutates with time, it's all... Uh, Impossibly, literally plague. We have multiple cases of plague, black plague, in this country. Uh, new strains will develop, which will slowly ebb at the effectiveness of this set of vaccines. So it threatens all of us. Just, mm-hmm. well, I, may I say one other yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, with all of that being said, just to speak to VARS, VARS is an incredibly effective system for locating and roughly attributing concerns related to the effects of drugs. The problem is that there are several elements to this disease that make it really difficult to pinpoint anything specific. The second, the two of which being A, 
hundreds of millions of people vaccinated. That is a huge range to pull data from. And B, the, you know, uh, propagandist fear campaign about an incredibly effective vaccine process that may lead people to misattribute to vaccines. Sorry. But just quick clarification. Uh, are you for mandating the COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, the same way we have other vaccines, like school, travel, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, what if someone wanted to go to a restaurant or a supermarket or a movie theater? I think that, I mean, we don't have that for other vaccines, right? Like, right. every time you go to a movie theater, you have a little card. I understand that might be an effective panic measure, but long-term, my goal would be to integrate it into the same revenue of vaccines. I think that's a more reasonable response than some politicians. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. People that's, are that, panicking. No, I think that's a more... Well, it, I, I, I make sure we right. weren't having, like, you know, misunderstandings. No, In terms of restreaming, that is against terms of service if I wasn't doing commentary over it. Are you concerned by, like, doc, Dr. Malone coming out? Thank you, Griggs, for looking out. The mRNA vaccine and says that there's a dangerous spike protein involved and he encourages people to think twice before getting it. Uh, does that move you at all? Well, I appreciate you. Doctor, when it comes to a No, world, Dr. Malone, just his specific commentary. Does his that, specific commentary. The guy who invented this type right, of vaccine. Well, I'm not a PhD. I that he was directly involved in the production of these vaccines. No, he literally invented this type the of MRNA. No, he didn't. Johnson, the Pfizer, the but he's very, very aware of the sort of accelerated implementation. He's trying to call time out and tell people this is not the like dude Charlie Kirk is talking about did not invent mRNA vaccines. He's a liar. You don't understand it like I did. I invented this. And no, he didn't. He's lying, Charlie Kirk. This is the same dude that Brett Weinstein had on. The current retinue of vaccines. That when I fucking Googled his name, I couldn't even find anything about it. Other than right-wing nonsense. Like the measles, mumps, rubella type vaccine or the chickenpox vaccine. Well, those weren't mRNA. The process wasn't Are you talking about the um, Nina Turner race in Ohio? Type technology, right? He wasn't involved. Ohio is on central time, so it's that's my time. Uh, the polls probably just closed. Does that bother you? Do you think he's just like a fear propaganda? So we should have a result in that race by the scientific community rather than with before we go off. YouTubers. Well, no, I, I agree. So, but the question is, which scientists? Right. So, there's a lot of scientists speaking out against this. Dr. Brett Weinstein. Dr. Malone. Uh, what what right? is Dr. Brett Weinstein? He's an evolutionary biologist, so he knows a lot. Oh, it closed at 630? That's you know, not virology. Cellular function no, that is not virology. Let, let, that is a completely well, spurious so, so, association. Just, do you trust Fauci more or Dr. Brett Weinstein? It's not about Fauci. Fucking Fauci! Fauci! Hands down! Hold on, he's smiling with glee here. It's the global <laughs> medical community in this regard. You mean like the, really? the WHO? Like, so, I do not trust Brett Weinstein at all. He's a fucking moron. It's not just about the WHO. We're talking about a unified effort on the part of virtually every country on earth to get a hold of the vaccines that us Americans are privileged to have. This isn't just some... This isn't some... RB, you make a very good point. Lead in drinking water is still a prevalent problem in this country. In the mRNA field, which is not huge by far causing um international far more side effects than any vaccine i wanted to add just based on what you had said i can pull up reuters their fact check is that vaccines are not quote cytotoxic they go on to mention that robert malone uh and they show tim pool should not be moderating any kind of a debate this is feeding into like there was a fantastic article i was it the daily beast did it yesterday nothing Reuters Fox, said, I'm not sure. Uh, now, the, the issue at hand is trust. Like you mentioned. You the said you publication that did it. 
I don't know. Like the 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 deep dive into Tim Pool's history and how he is portraying himself as this middle of the road centrist. Come up with these arguments on their own. There will always be bias in who we choose to believe. However, okay, that's that's actually probably a really good sign because the more populous areas are going to be the last ones to be counted. More than the combined death tolls of every war since World War One combined, including the Second World War in Vietnam. Those are things that I don't need to be a virologist to see. I can, can I, see can it I ask you a question, it's though? It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 one of the issues that's brought up frequently, especially on Twitter, is that many of these COVID deaths are died with COVID. As, as it, it's brought up where people would say something like uh, it, it tends to be people who are over 70 or things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm only bringing that up not to make the argument, but because you said, how would VARES know if these are actually related to the vaccine? So I'd love to respond to that if I may. Yeah, absolutely. So COVID rarely, like directly kills you. Like age, it causes a breakdown in other vital functions that then their death can be attributed. So far, Vosh has been pretty good. Like he, he, he knows what he's talking about. It's just that COVID blanks their entire system internally and eventually something fails, something breaks, and they die. Um, there were people and he looks snazzy. I like that being white jacket. To COVID-19 very early on in this mm. pandemic. But thankfully... I have emailed Tim Pool multiple times. I want to go and be on Tim IRL. Because there's a very normal pattern. Grifting, exactly. Um, we see an excess, starting when COVID started, that almost perfectly graphs on to the rising death waves of COVID. I mean, it perfectly tracks onto that. I just want to say for, for you, Charlie, I think, you know, the issue I, I, I see here is, for me, it's I can't trust or distrust. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think Brett Weinstein's a very smart guy, and I, I don't think he's going to lie. Well, you're an idiot then. smart people. And then I see the government agencies that, you know, I don't always trust the government, to be completely honest. I'm not a big fan. But to believe that there's like a nefarious effort or anything like that, ultimately what it comes down to is, in my opinion— having a trusted medical professional that you can consult with. Well, I totally agree. And I think there could be an argument that if you're over the age of 70, that this vaccine might be a really good idea for you. However, to mandate it for schools and for colleges, when these are highly complex medical decisions, that's where I'm going to push back. We have like 40 kids, 40 kids in the hospital right now in my state. It's not an uh, mRNA vaccine, though. Is that, that, that's my understanding? I, 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 I don't want to speak out of turn. I believe so i I would love to be fact checked on that um i'm not i'm not totally sure my memory so i i guess so we got three white dudes that don't know what the fuck they're talking about jacking each other off push for mass inoculation well because well hydroxychloroquine studies have found it because that's the way inoculation works you dumb fuck you guys were all talking about herd immunity last year when you wanted to let it run wild and open everything up um, the vaccines are the effective way of getting mass. Well, that's what that's what we're trying to do is reach herd immunity ancient. through vaccination so people don't have to die, idiots. Even if they survive, I know people who are in their 30s and, you know, me, a blistering 27-year-old myself, I'm not especially worried, but I've heard them talk about how much harder it is for them to climb up flights of stairs. I know that erectile dysfunction, fellas, is one of the listed potential side effects of getting COVID, even young, healthy. Well, I mean, like Charlie Kirk or Tim Pool has to worry about that anyway. Um, comorbid with age and pre-existing conditions, but still, and that's not even to speak of the COVID variants. I mean, right now you were on, what, Delta? But if it keeps cycling around the world, let it go for another year. Who knows how bad. Oh, is it? I thought it was on Central Time. I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. So 
there's an alternative. Also, in terms of corrections, there was some guidance. Uh, the dude that was the tennis player that threw his racket, I attributed his quote to being about Simone Biles. Apparently, it wasn't necessarily about Simone Biles. There was part of the quote that was left off. So I would know it would have to have been earlier than that. He more than likely was talking about her, but smallpox. Yeah. I said it with certainty, um, which is pretty crazy to think inoculated. And I would like to correct myself on that. I don't know what they did. Hit people with a rock and then like it was like a, like a needle. I think it was, and they would like yeah. they would like prick you with the needle. Yes, the like the CDC's playbook, like with a blacksmith, isn't that <laughs> from Bush and Obama, <laughs> were all very clear that messaging has to be consistent, like you know, or otherwise you get this bullshit. Just wild to think about. Well, so man. Uh, I, I think the real issue, uh, for the most part, is just m- mandatory. Well, I, I just also have another question. Do you think that there might be any bad motives behind these four companies, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson? It, it's not the companies that I'm questioning their motives. Which Let me ask you, Charlie Kirk. Do you think that there's not motive behind the people pushing the non-lockdown, the no-mask, the open everything up? The opioid crisis is almost entirely attributable to the And the Sackler family. Yeah, I, I mean, the, no moral love for these companies. If this could be... And by the way, the mRNA process was developed through public funding. It was yep. an effort invested in by the collective good. And this has been going on for a while. It's not like when, when people tell you it's experimental. Go get your Pfizer vaccine or whatever. Technically, yes, but no, not really. They've been working on this shit for years. It is only through cruel twist of fate and the economic system we live in that they are the ones put in a position to handle this but it was the workers at those companies not the ceos well, who did the work i'm just i'm just curious does that ever make you in the public investment and the researchers and the labs and the universities on a vaccine that might not be as effective to try to pursue profit not well-being does that ever like enter but we know they're effective it's a consideration you should take about anything produced by any company that's run for profit which is everything you know, uh, but these the the testing process has been highly scrutinized. Knowledge that there are people out there, and Charlie Kirk is making a damn good argument to release the IP and not put them in the hands of the companies. Uh, uh, you know, the boulevard. Problem solved. You're seeing the comrade Kirk. Welcome. Make sure you want things they're selling. Could that be the case for COVID? Undeniably, there was a profit incentive involved. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. And there was probably a... This is why they're never going to invite me to debate. I'm going to be like, you dumb fuck! What if you want- the- but sorry, yeah. with the data available, I have to still... Much as I would say, hey, I would prefer eating McDonald's food to starvation. I have to say, <laughs> this is probably still something we should be doing. Do you want to do... I, I don't want to stay... We, we, it's been 20 minutes. So no, for you sure. Wanna, do you want to make a final point? Maybe you would starve instead I of I actually think this know. has been really constructive and not like that you know, inflammatory. I think that deep down you have this kind of, you know, urge that I'm already there where maybe they want this thing to go on for another decade to go make another hundred billion dollars. And maybe no. the cheap drug of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin might work better than they might think. I don't have that urge. No. Other studies would disagree with you earlier. We could change the topic. I just, yeah, I just think it's, so I'll, that, I'll, was, a, that, was, I, a, that I, was a healthy discourse. Can I meet so. in the middle on that one? On that very last one? Yeah. I, do not trust the pharmaceutical industries, though the available evidence does seem to point to the effectiveness of the vaccines. I say this. Uh, nationalize the pharma industry. No! No! The lab leak is not true! 
of our ineffective... I have gone over that story <laughs> for the past, like, couple of nights. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying... Um, the Sherlock Holmes of pandemics, a man who signed on to the letter that Lab League needed to be investigated, now says he is positive that it came from the Hunan uh, uh, wet food market. And I, uh, I Do not spread misinformation. Whatever your opinion, Charlie, I understand. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin haven't been approved by the FDA, and so that's just another... We're just asking questions whether right. it works or not. So that, that's why I think it's really important, because I think there, there are... Uh, i got to be honest. In, in regards to ivermectin, people have been eating horse paste hmm. that they, they sell. I looked up what the FDA says about it. They say, do not do this, and they actually give a very good reason. They say... Although people are claiming that, you know, if an animal can take it, someone else can. That's not true. There are some things that dogs can't have that humans can. Right. So please talk to your doctor. And I, I, I definitely hope. Oh, my God. Debates about this stuff because this. this that I'm glad that my fucking audience is never going to be stupid enough to where I have to say, don't take horse medicine. Oh, yeah. It's a dewormer. And so you can go to, oh. like, Tractor Supply, and they have them. They have a sign that says, like, do not eat this, Wait. and please <laughs> Any drug for horses will burn a human out from the inside. Those <laughs> like things are, yeah. you've been to your horse, they're, they're titans. They're like, yeah. So let's, uh, let, let's talk about... Uh, right-wingers uh, are morons. You know, that's the one that uh, uh, I had a terrible answer, uh, absolutely, when you asked me about it. And it was because I think my approach to it was too surface-level cultural. So the last time we had Vosh on, when you asked me about it, I couldn't give you a good answer. And I think we can we can talk about what's happening in schools, the things they're teaching children, and I don't know if either of you has an opinion and wants to start off with. Uh, but we're on we're on yeah, CRT, CRT now. CRTs. There's the critical race theory that I know of, which is a highly esoteric, um, essentially elective class that you can take in some law schools that teaches you a variety of incredibly eclectic legal theories that I some of which I like and some of which I think I disagree with. And then there's the critical race theory that people like Christopher Rufo have been trying to push, a sort of catch-all term to describe. All anti-racist. I thought it was on this side of the line with me. Put through straight legislators, and a lot of them don't even mention critical race theory. They mention stuff that's been boilerplate anti-racist theory for like. I'm sorry that you lived in Ohio. Uh, that stuff really concerns me. If I was there for the 2004 election, and it was uh, wild. Now we're born. I was back when Ohio was still somewhat of a swing state. It's gone awfully red in the last few years. These were things that were originally considered to be the crackpot initiatives of academics, and only through the respect of those ideas have we arrived at, well, what we have today. So if there are problems within academia, I would have them solved in academia, not through the big hand of government reaching in and censoring everyone who says something that disagrees with some political party. So a point of clarification, you don't believe that critical race theory is in schools? Um, I think that maybe there are ideas which overlap with critical race theory, but there's always going to be overlap between academic ideas. I mean, you know, I drank water, so did Hitler, one of those type situations. I I think you're coming at it from a in good faith where you're technically correct here that no, he is correct super academic way of defining critical race theory is not being taught to fourth graders right with that I'd being so it'd be pretty with tough that being them. said there are it's, it's almost like saying you know we're not teaching advanced geometry to fourth graders but we are teaching them you know, what are you talking about i have said the, Euclidean the proof so, lies in that it's zoonotic the experts are saying it was zoonotic. The only people pushing this lab leak theory now are crackpots. I have done the story the last couple of nights. Please do not be misinformed in my fucking chat. who are good friends of mine, that's the National Education Association, right? And I think they might even be talking about something different than the Delgado theory of critical race theory, 
right? And so what I want to try to do here, Tim, is we can talk about critical race theory as an academic theory, or we could use a filler term like wokeism, which is more like racial justice, which I actually think would probably be, you know, we can call it racial justice I, I, and meet in the middle. I, right? I mean, I really feel like there are probably four digit number of people in America who are studied on actual critical race and, theory, and I, and not I'm, including myself. And I'm, I'm not even prepared to do that, but I'm, I'm happy to talk about racial justice education I, yeah. and wokeism, which I think is I, I, what the I, discourse I think, is centered on. Well, I think you guys uh, actually agree in essence that the academic critical race theory is there's overlap with a component in schools. But what, what we often hear is someone will say critical race theory is being taught to my kids. And then someone will say cite one author of critical race theory that we've brought up in school. And the issue is it's, we, we refer to it as, uh, it's, I, believe, I believe it's called critical race praxis. Mm -hmm. So this is something different than critical race theory. It's being implemented in education. But that's why you said wokeism. And, well, you and said, I, I just think that discussion is so unhelpful when Joy Reid and Christopher Rufo are screaming at each other. And Joy Reid is saying, like, it's not being taught anywhere, Christopher Rufo. So, yes, it is. When in reality, they're both right. They're just talking about two completely different things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, like, no, I do. And Christopher admitted this is like a kind of tactic. Critical race theory does sound spooky. You know, I get a little shiver when I say it. Um, whereas stuff like anti-racist theory or structural racism maybe compel a little bit more thought when discussed on. It's kind of a moral panic that, in principle, I really disagree with. But if you want to talk, I mean, we can call it wokeism if you want. Um, that's probably a more accurate term. Yeah. I, I, I will just say... To the point about Christopher Rufo, white supremacist is also used as a catch-all term in the other direction. If we're talking, I mean, in academia, the term white supremacist is virtually never used. It's sort of a, a common parlance. What, what, I, what I will say, though, about to give credit to Christopher Rufo is that this is all kind of downstream from the conversation that Marcuse and Delgado started. Yeah, well, it really is. Well, let's, let's talk about it then. But just one thing, though, since we're operating under the blanket wokeism, which is a really broad term, <laughs> let's talk about like— Which is stupid. It's nonsense. I'm sure there are some of them that I can provide a good defense yeah. for, and some of them so I like might how, how about like black-only dormitories? generally not a fan i think that okay. i don't think they're like explicitly harmful in the same way that traditional segregation is but i also think that it incentivizes bad types of socialization where the way that you get a reprieve from the faults of society is to find comfort in people of your own race that is correct that the trump administration censored scientists spaces, but you know what they were they were like the Republican like, Party tried to downplay it the entire time. Window, Latin. I went to Humboldt State. Okay. Um, and, and, and right behind there. And, like, anyone could go in there, whatever. Just the only thing that they asked was that you not be, like, a dick. <laughs> but as long as you met that qualification, that was fine. That, to me, that's a good safe space. Maybe that works, you know? So just having to go through more. Go for it. Please, no, so hit me. I, I, I just I think this is actually really helpful. So how about um, reparations for slavery? Um, I think I'm pretty in favor of that, yeah. Okay, it's make the argument. Yep. Just an old debt. We said 40 acres and a mule. We never paid it. And yep. unfortunately, the material reality for a lot of people who were slaves didn't change that much after they were emancipated. I mean, if you were a slave and you're made free, that's a big step up, don't get me wrong, but you have nothing. I mean, nothing. And because of the way generational wealth transfers from father to son or mother to either, to anyone, to their children. <laughs> um, yeah, ca caught me there. Um, unfortunately, we still see the consequences of that borne out. You can actually look county by county. Where were slaves kept? Which were the plantation counties? And you see, oh, this group of black-like neighborhoods, that's where they settled after slavery ended. It's like really immediate stuff, and it's a debt owed that this nation never paid. I don't necessarily agree on reparations, but I think we need to clarify what that ultimately means. But I will say uh, I've long held the, the same position. I actually worked on a documentary. There's an issue of... 
people who uh, were enslaved, then they were released and they were not given any means to actually uh, develop and grow. And so there's a, general there's a generational uh, wealth gap between people based on race for these historical reasons. The well, then there's also, like, the towns that did prosper, the white people came in and burnt them down. ...become illegal, and now we're dealing with... Wilmington, South Carolina. Of course, racism... Tulsa, Oklahoma. Anyway, I digress on that point. What I wanted to get to is, specifically on reparations, what, what, what do you view reparations as, more importantly? So, there, this is a big divide. Some people think, like, cash payments. I'm not a big fan of that. It doesn't fix the problem, for one. Uh, it, it's it's if you it, you can put money into that community, but there has been research done on how long a dollar stays in a black neighborhood as opposed to a white neighborhood. And if a black neighborhood, all of the businesses are owned by you know corporate boards that are all majority white, eventually the money filters out and you get a very temporary boost in living situation. Not much long term structural change. I'm a big fan of structural reparations, not based on race, but rather based on targeting neighborhoods that need it the most. Some of these neighborhoods are like white. You know, I I, I passed through some of them on my way out from Ronald Reagan Airport. I can tell. Which parts of this country you can see it in the bones of the of the neighborhood, and I think that a new uh, proper reparations project, a new deal, a new new deal, even would go a long way. Get some well, more so you're saying not there. even based on race. Um, I think that we should recognize that this is largely a racial project because, unfortunately, God damn, dude. In this country, but in terms of applying it, I think that it would be much more healthy. First of all, you you keep wanting to get off a topic. Sort of echelon of and you keep being wrong about do shit. Do you agree with a program that was in 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 how, how do I describe this? The, explained as reparations, but Warabi has become like the Sherlock Holmes of pandemic origins. This is one of the top virologists in the world. Don't like the word because it kind of implies he was one of the group of scientists guilt or that shifted the debate about the origins of COVID-19. They published a letter in the journal science saying Would the lab leak theory needs to be taken more seriously. Class? Oh, absolutely. I think now one of the scientists who signed that letter says the new data has come to light and the information summarized in an online review has changed his thinking. I think that's interesting. I think you're wrong, but I think that's interesting where I, think I do think transmission from another species without a lab escape is the most likely scenario by a long shot. While normal people get says evolutionary biologist Michael Warby at the University of Arizona to throw smokescreen in the middle while we're talking about something that we're never really going to have consensus on when the true learn what you're talking about. Yeah, well, the, I think that applying reparations along racial lines runs. I am tired of people just taking Republicans at face value because that's what you're citing. You're citing a political document by idiotic right wingers. Maybe that would be the most direct interpretation of generational reparations. But in my mind, the reason why it's important to recognize the racial issue here is that the nature of class divides in this country is cut into racial policy prior to the Civil Rights Act. The redlining that took place, lines which still remain not in law but in practice, uh, led to very distinct... I mean, sometimes, you know, one side of the highway is nice and the other side of the highway... I mean, it legitimately Can I just like jump a, in real quick? Uh-huh. I'm from Chicago. The interstate. 47th Street was split by race. No joke. This this, this is long-standing uh, effects on the city, uh, just, to, just to point out. No, and I grew up in L.A., and on either side of the five... Which cut through the city? I mean, or the, the four hundred five. Sorry. Uh, let me let me let me right just there. interject something too. And, and I don't know if you're familiar. We would act. We were actually uh, told that we would be arrested from from the south side of Forty Seventh if we crossed Forty Seventh. We would get arrested because the cops would pull up and say, "You don't live in this neighborhood. Yeah. What are you doing here?" 
I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, so I've, I've, I've heard stories like that. I mean, like it's very, no, I'm I, very clear to say I'm not from Chicago. I grew up in Beverly Hills, which is close, though, to um, uh, West Hollywood and Koreatown, and the lines are clear as day. Uh, the, the reason I say that, though, about like the racial project. He comes in here and does that shit all the time. I think we have banned other accounts. I think it's the same person. Much wipe that out, uh, with the exception of some, I guess, edge cases. Um, the project of systemic racism. I am not high enough for this shit. Is something which is carried. I might have to break out the bong to finish this. It isn't something you can explicitly legislate along anymore. I mean, obviously, nobody's out there passing laws like black. I leave it up to you guys. The the chat gets to decide who's like. I am a free speech warrior. I am for people being able to say whatever the fuck they want. But people are actually coming in and targeting me and posting bullshit in my chat and then reporting me to YouTube. And that's not cool. The more that we intervened in the black community, it actually had the opposite effect. And Thomas Sowell probably has done the best research and literature. Thomas Sowell! Oh my God! No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't trying to besmirch. He's very. He's a very thoughtful thinker. He actually lived through this, right? He lived through the black renaissance in the '40s and the '50s, where redlining was a legitimate problem. So was yellowlining, by the way, against Italians and against Jews. Nowhere nearly as bad, but there were other degrees of discrimination based on ethnicity and cultural background. Okay. The black community, especially, you know, the area really well in the south of Chicago, right near the Chicago stockyards, the black community almost had this rallying cry where they were being discriminated against everywhere, and they kind of collectivized their purchasing power, and they saw their incomes increase actually at a higher rate than white Americans in the 40s and 50s and early 60s. You've heard this argument many times, and you probably you know, disagree with it, but it's just true, is that the moment that we all of a sudden de-emphasized fathers being in the home and subsidized fatherlessness, we saw all these other trends increase. So in the 19, right before the Civil Rights Act passed, about 24% of black children were born without a father. Now it's upwards of 70%. You guys can look at the Washington Examiner. It's 77%. Let's say it's 65%. So something has to explain that 40-point increase. Yeah. Yeah, just let me finish. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and it's just it's not necessarily that America got more racist. It could be the cocaine thing, which, you know, is a common issue. It could be, you know, operations of all these things. But a 40-point increase. The, I would the cocaine thing. The whole really bad Reagan flooding the streets with crack so there are and the structural racism built into our laws to prosecute people for crack um you absolutely glad we agree this is undeniable um well I don't believe in shaming single parents even if their single parentedness is a product of bad decision making it's still good you need it's in this economy one parent honestly but with that being said there has been research shown that the rate of black fatherlessness is somewhat over-exaggerated, in large part because that number only applies to married fathers, so husbands raising their children. It turns out when you account for unmarried black couples taking care of their kids, the numbers actually rise to those, just I think, just below white couples. I think there was an article on that. I don't know if I remember saw it in Vice, but it tracks back to some really big study that was done back in 2016. Um, so that's one point. But you are right. There are perverse incentives. For example, uh, many welfare uh, uh, stipulations cut off um, with a shared income, which is only a few thousand dollars per year higher than the necessary cutoff for the single income. Meaning that if you're a single mom, 
uh, you can apply for the welfare just fine. But then if you get married... I just, I feel dirty listening to this conversation with these fucks. This is a horribly designed program, undeniably, and it incentivizes bad, destructive behavior. The best thing that we can do, we restructure the welfare system in this country. Welfare is good for us. It is. I don't benefit from it. No, I don't think either of you benefit from it, um, I'm guessing. But we do collectively downstream from the increased economic uh, potential. Yes. Of people Giving poor people money is always a good thing. Care, proper child care, get an education. In the long run, people in this country being richer enriches all of us. It's a mutual project. So we work on that. We find out what works and what doesn't. Which welfare programs function, which don't. Which types of economic revitalization function and which don't. And I legitimately believe that if we applied this, this country has the bones to be a just a permanent economic beacon on the hill. Just like a, a shiny example to the rest of the world. I agree with a lot of that. The bigger issue with the racial thing is mm -hmm. that when you put some of these factors in, even to present data, it doesn't pan out on racial lines, right? And this is where I think you'll agree, because you just said two parents in the home is a good thing, which we totally agree on. I think that's the ideal. Everything shows that that is something that we should you know, push for. Three parents, maybe. I just, these privileged oh, yeah. assholes yeah. talking about... Yeah, not a fan. Based. But I will say that... If Welfare programs, just, data, it doesn't sit right with me. That a white child being raised by a single mother... Or racial issues. ...seed by ten independently picked metrics than a black child being raised by a mother and a father. And so maybe it's less about the skin color and more about the removal of parents and specifically fathers in the homes. Now, if you want to talk about a domestic martial plan to go put fathers back in the home regardless of skin color, I will sign up for that in a second. With the right welfare, the right... Support. It absolutely is. It, it, well, it serves That's a lot of different purposes. De-emphasize what you said earlier where it says... It the Republicans are really ratcheting up yeah, their... Rhetoric on China. Revitalization should just be on like a sort of class assessment. I think that when we recognize this problem, though, and and that's not to say that we don't have a reckoning with China coming. Discussion of race, you know, um, and there are some which do not. There are some types of poverty, some effects that are just ubiquitous and equally felt. But with regards to say, you know, black people. Uh, the fact that they couldn't get loans to purchase homes for a very long time. I mean, there were people living who couldn't do this. The fact that they didn't benefit from the Marshall Plan, if I remember. I liked Vosh's point about, you know, the structural change, but also give them cash as well. They deserve cash. Just because, like, they deserve cash. Morally, it's the right answer to give people some fucking cash. To turn this into some weird blood quantum issue where we go tracking down every black American and holding them under a microscope to see whether they get benefits. Now, we just need to tend to our own. This is where uh, I want to. We, we, we kind of got off critical race theory very quickly. <laughs> I forgot about I wanna, that. I want to bring yeah. it back. We're, we're agreeing way too much, Tim. <laughs> Sorry. Well, because this is um, this is one of the issues I see. Right. We we have to move towards a UBI. Like there there is no way. I don't know how you describe it. That the system doesn't collapse if we don't some kind of uh, ideology that involves anti-racism, which involves critical race theory, critical race praxis. And you're seeing in schools specific curriculums where they say to kids, like, there, we had a book here. Mm -hmm. We had a book brought to us by uh, one, of these, one of these parents who's been going to these schools. And it was an anti-racist curriculum workbook where it asked you, uh, it asked children. Does he always wear the same beanie? Felt bad about their skin color. Does he have different beanies that are all the same kind of color? I, because I'm not that familiar with him. Mother saying you're lying to me about race, 
and then there was a whiteness contract with a devil tail coming out of it. Okay, I saw that one. Yeah, these are in schools. Yeah, okay, so that the whiteness devil tail thing, I saw that. That's indefensible. I'm not going to stand to that. With regards to that, what was it? The why do you think black folk feel bad about their skin? And, and I'll be careful because I'm uh, I don't have the book in front of me. Mm. It was something to this effect. It was a bunch of questions where it would ask you things like that, and then ask you to answer. You know, how, what have you done to make someone, based on their skin color, behave or whatever, and, and things of that nature? It's, I think these are conversations that are worth having. I wonder... Um, it would, I don't know what the fuck he's bringing up. I hate just these uh, anecdotal examples. She mentioned... Uh, the woman, uh, it was, it was uh, Asra? Yeah, Asra. I think fourth grade. Yeah, that's what I heard. But I gotta be honest, like, uh, the anti-racist... And, and we, we know for a fact that Tim Bull has a habit of lying, and apparently something I learned last night was that he's a cat kidnapper. About the, the whiteness contract, the one you said was indefensible. That one was like a little girl who looked to be about. He kidnapped yeah. one of his business because apparently he went into business to start this news organization with these two other people, and the two other people started investigating him. Beloved figure in the minds of conservatives, and he gets upset with them and kidnaps one of their cats. And you guys could pick up the quote: "Is that we need discrimination today because there is discrimination yesterday." That's the essence of the quote, right, Tim? Yeah, he said the only solution for past discrimination is present discrimination, yes. and the only solution for present discrimination is future discrimination. So I find that to be reprehensible. What, uh, what says? What say you? I think it's misguided in large part because I, I got I got to go get a bong. I'm not high enough for this. Shit. All resources in a perfectly you know ordained way and did so at the snap of a finger. Then maybe that would be a decent argument. In the real world, we have to go through politics, and any kind of discriminatory treatment under any circumstances, no matter how well intentioned, is going to have adverse effects. So. In, with regard to what he said, there is a very charitable interpretation, and that charitable interpretation is uh, discriminatory practices in the past necessitate favorable practices today, a way of bringing people up. My reparations argument, I mean the poor in this country have always had it bad, uh, at least worse than they could otherwise, that is essentially a version of that argument. Preferable treatment towards the poor, we do this with welfare, because there are systemic barriers keeping them from full participation along racial lines. I don't even know what that would look like. I don't even know how that would look good. I'm he not wrote, a big fan he, of a He wrote election. an amendment, right, called the Anti-Racist <laughs> Amendment to the Constitution. It's not being considered anytime soon. Where yeah. it would be preference. So you'll say Biden will get it. Yeah. Based, <laughs> based on... Stones! That there would be some sort of accommodation based Welcome. on melanin content in your skin. Yeah, uh, there is one thing I want to say though, and this is common in upper academia. And I know Ibram sometimes gets brought into non-academic discussions. I got talked into watching, so I'm including myself, the three chuds. But sometimes I think these are fun to discuss. These ideas. What I noticed, at least in some of the classes that I took, the higher end classes, you know. Um, Whenever you guys are ready, we can move on to. Ideas. They were presented not to have you agree. The news rundown. We're gonna watch the. We're gonna watch a, uh, a little uh, bit of. I, I wasn't an economist, but I. New York Attorney General Letitia James's press conference, and we're gonna watch Cuomo's press conference back. So when Marx was brought up in that context, it wasn't like, "Here's what you need to know. Here's what you should believe." It was more, "Here are some ideas, radical and agreeable. What do you think about them?" And when I look at what Kendi has written, I think I don't often agree with some of the more radical propositions, but I do enjoy the process. And oh I shit, I might have to grind up some more. State intervening to cut out those discussions. I think that's a that's a that's a great brutish response. That's a great segue. If I could go, so the next question then is: Should we be teaching first and second and third graders to be hyper conscious aware of race all the time? I'm doing that's that. Destructive. I think it goes against the American promise of e pluribus unum, of 
caring more about character than skin color. And yes, Martin Luther King Jr. was a mixed bag when it came to this stuff. He's a cool guy. But he, he was a very radical socialist in some regard, but he really hit... Whoa, Charlie Kirk actually knows some history. This was the ideal of the American... UB40? Do you, do you Let me some UB40. Three-year-olds just caring... And the th- not three-year-olds. Third graders caring about the color of people's skin all the time? Well, I think... Oh, no, wait a minute. Might already whether I think uh, I think I thought I liked UB40, but it turns out that every song that I thought was by UB40 was actually Inner Circle, and I'm actually a really big Inner Circle fan. That isn't a moral judgment. We are all flawed beings. We that's right. We all have biases. UB40 sang that uh, uh, really whiny song about wine. I don't believe we live in a colorblind world, so teaching people that we do can often lead them to remain ignorant to evident problems. Now, to what extent would you be comfortable, um, what would you, would you say, like a, bringing a racial consciousness to third graders? For me, mm-hmm. very little to none. As don't care about it, de-emphasize it, look at the spirit, the soul, the conduct, and the character. Yeah, inner circle. That is the reggae band that is really good. should start to emphasize not the not the wrestling what people look click like in AEW. it means something that we're going to tell you a great example is that this is the textbook definition of stereotyping right is that when if you see a black person you don't know their history mm-hmm. you don't know if they're the son of a nigerian billionaire you don't know if they're an immigrant from turks and caicos and you don't know if they're the ninth generation descendant of slaves right there's been two million blacks that have come to america legally through the immigration process process since 1980 so this sort of hyperfixation on race, and I, mean, I want to keep on getting back to this because I'm just curious. It's it's the right that is constantly hyperfixated on race. I've I've pointed that out so many fucking times. Well, it really depends on what's being taught. So here are some things I obviously don't want taught. One group is better than another, of course. You know, um, black people are like this, white people are like this. That is this being taught in some schools. There are some clear. schools that do that, and while yes, they're they're curriculum mended i i don't again i i just don't want to implicitly agree with like a state i don't know what charlie kirk is talking about but there are they are teaching that some places say you're teaching about very basic early history you know this is where i wanted to get to yeah Yeah. okay so here are some things about america's founding that i like uh one of the first practical liberal democracies glory of the republic folks had nice hair back then not a democracy but a republic right well i mean you know they're not mutually we are a democracy anyone saying otherwise is a fucking idiot charlie kirk you are an idiot it was a slave state one in every six people in america at that time was human property can i ask you a question sure how many states had abolished slavery by the time the constitution was ratified um, well, I don't know the exact number. Nine out of 13. That's not a slave country. Well, then you could say it was a confederacy with portions that were slave states. I think states. that's better said. Nine out of 13 had already abolished. There was a, there was a sunset moratorium for slavery in the Constitution. So this could... Vermont abolished slavery in 1777. We were on the way to eradication. We were not a slave country. Well, hold on. I mean... And, and I'll add one thing. Whoa! Whoa! Like 80 years later, it was still well, happening. A, so the question is why, right? That's a really important question. Economics. I well, yeah. So cotton gin and well, John C. Calhoun. Well, Happy to go through that. But yeah, uh, there was actually a um, in a, a, a grievance in the Declaration of Independence, specifically that the Crown had enslaved people. The first draft. Yeah, in the first draft from Thomas Jefferson, that the Crown had enslaved people who had done nothing to offend the Crown, brought them to the states, and then were 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 at were were then offering them the freedom that was stolen from them to wage war against the colonists who had grievances. It's an effective now, strategy. The it Union is, did it, it too. He, they promised the slaves right. and they moved southward. Yeah. Jefferson took that out 
And he did it because they felt, and this is, this is according to historians, that without, I think it was South Carolina and Georgia, they would not have been able to win the Revolutionary War. And so they had to remove that, exactly hoping right. they would stay in. Now, <clears throat> the, the reality is, let me just, I'll, I'll just say one more point. Sure. They thought they were going to lose anyway. They really did. They, they, they didn't think they could go up against the greatest empire in the world at the time. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate, I think. Uh, an important factor here is that I believe it was the, the, the British Empire uh, actually, 1833 had abolished slavery in all of its territories, and it took the U.S. a little bit longer to do so. But I want to make sure I stress this issue from the start of the country was was contentious and ultimately led to violence because from the beginning, as Charlie pointed out, many of most of the states had already abolished this. So it was like people were ready to fight from the beginning. Oh, I, well, I just want to say to that, uh, my um, understanding of the founding of America isn't as simplistic as the founding fathers were evil because X or Y. I recognize, of course, that and I appreciate that. there are incredible complexities to those issues and also I'm not a historian there are probably tons of things out there I don't even know that might change my opinion in the future but with that but being said Charlie's I, argument did not negate the fact that they capitulated two slave states sold Americans who recognized slavery was a moral aberration from the get close to a hundred years one in every six Americans was owned and while that may have been concerning to some of the states, it was still ultimately under the purview of the federal government to make decisions with regards to the legality and constitutionality of that. Now, some people, they get really defensive when this conversation comes. I'm not saying you guys, but some people, they do. And I think it's because they think I'm assigning some kind of moral worth to them now or to the country now or making some kind of broad prescriptive statement. I'm not. I just don't understand how you can claim that, like, we had the moral high ground on the issue of slavery when we had the three-fifths fucking compromise written into the Constitution for apportionment. So I think that in the context of that discussion, saying, and to this day, we still have some problems with race. There are some legacies of slavery that still affect black people, and we're working on it today. Something like that. That's a kind of racialization that I'm in favor of because it doesn't encourage stereotyping. It doesn't encourage discrimination. It just encourages a base awareness of some serious problems. So, but that's not happening, right? Is that largely what we're seeing through school districts like Chicago um, and in Washington, D.C., and the entire California school system, representing 10,000 schools and 6 million students. I've seen the... Um uh, the documents on those. Yeah, it, is that it, it doesn't have that kind of nuance and complexity that you just presented, right? Where it's, it, let me just okay. say this, yeah, is that part of the kind of archangel triumphant of the wokeism coalition is Nicole Hannah-Jones, Robin DiAngelo, and Ibram X. Kendi. And Nicole Hannah-Jones in particular, right, the author of the... Six that poor woman! Um, she heretically says that America was founded on slavery, right? And so part okay of, with that. But it's just not true. It, it is! This is, she defines this. She says mm -hmm. the founding fathers were in favor of it. Not true. George Washington wasn't. John Adams wasn't. John Quincy Adams wasn't. Thomas Jefferson even signed a moratorium of new slaves coming into the United States. Ben Franklin chaired an anti-slavery convention in 1770. Washington owned slaves, well, none didn't of these he? guys were writing expositionally how wonderful slavery was. Well, this isn't well, being taught to third graders, right? The 1619 Project's a little new. I think it's like all but two of the signers of the Declaration were slave owners. A school district curriculum in thousands of school districts across so the country. That, that's I've that's seen, true. Well, across it's, the it's not just like a podcast. This is curriculum. Right, there are principles of the 1619 Project that I think are defensible. First of all, we as Americans tend to think of the founding of our country as its legal founding, you know? But the legal... Yes, yes, very good point. If they were against slavery... It really didn't matter that much for the peasantry of the time, no matter what. See, that, that's where I disagree. 
Because well, so what was the? Well, I mean, Charlie Kirk made the point that like it was to win the Revolutionary War. Why? Well, I mean, for the because they were inspired by the Declaration of Independence. Things started to change in that year. Right, but the slaves that then continued to be slaves would have been in the states that didn't make that choice, right? Which I mean, were largely in, in southern states. So, yeah. Well, that's well, that's what I mean. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to miss out on the particulars there. The only point that I'm making is that depending on whose lineage you follow, depending on the narrative that you tell, this is a very postmodern idea. And I would like to consider myself charitable to postmodernism, the idea that there are many ways you can describe the human experience. Um, which I think we all believe to some extent. De- Not high enough for this shit. Very different ideas on what America is, when America was founded, not in a legal sense, but in a conceptual sense, and who today holds the birthrights to which they were entitled. And these conversations should be had. They're worthwhile conversations to have. I've seen some of the curriculums in these schools. I find some of them a little bit objectionable. But to be perfectly clear, I've found school curriculums objectionable for ages. About half of Americans believe in the lost cause myth, the idea that the North started the... um, a civil war and it was over. Like, yes, that's the thing that gets taught in schools to this day that upsets me. There are textbooks put out by Pearson in Texas that have there, there is some truth that to that, by the way. Just is, so we're uh, clear, it's, it is I'm a some truth. Well, let me that. I, yeah. I just want to say I have long had problems with many of the ways children are taught concepts in this country. That's fair. None of them have made me want to get my state legislators to just outright ban all of these ideas. Well, so let me let me. I'll make two points. First, uh, 1619 Project is in, uh, in schools. Uh, Newsweek reports. U.S. schools have openly taught the 1619 Project for months. This is back in September. Mm. We've got Education Next. The 1619 Project enters classrooms. We have the Pulitzer Center. The 1619 Okay, cool. What's, what is wrong with it? 1619. It upsets your fucking feelings. I, I have one more source. Right, then, we, then we move to the... Do they read the full thing in class? That's crazy. It's, it's pretty dense reading, you know? They, they it do, is. They do it. And then it lawmakers push to ban 1619 from schools. So it, it, it's there. It is. And, and so let me tell you why people like... Uh, Myself are pushing for the bans of the 1619 project. Is that Please, it's just not true. It is. It is not even charitably in the most charitable reading to use a word that you used. Even remotely. What? What is not true? It doesn't. It doesn't go to original source documents. It doesn't go to quotations, and it meanders through generalizations and very heavy emphasis on emotion. Can I ask something though? Really sure. Quick? Go ahead. Is this not being presented? as an alternate perspective, as opposed to replacing the entirety of our curriculum. No, it is. And this is an important thing, which is what is education, right? So is education where we're supposed to, for third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth graders, open up every single bad idea that's ever been discovered and have kids choose? Or are we trying to lead them towards something? Lead them towards having better developed characters? Honestly, I need to go back and actually read it. I read, like, the first couple of pages. It is it is a very dense document. So the question is, what is good? What is evil? Well, we don't know a line is crooked unless we have a straight line to compare it to. Well, you know what I think on this, don't you? I actually don't. The narrative we've told about the founding of this country has for a long time been deeply whitewashed. Uh, we talk about Correct. the founding fathers like they're heroes. And there is heroism in their lives, no denying that. Um, and we often gloss over many of the horrors of this country. There are things that we've done, for example, that we would use as uh, the an incentive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he meant about his sunset. Uh, supposedly, he said Jefferson had to take it out. One I read recently, for example, Jefferson, the slave owner, I mass chemical bathings. And I believe it was sterilizations of Hispanic people at the beginning of the 20th century moving up past the southern border because there were, like, these militias forming in towns near the border. And they just did it because they had the de facto support of the local government as a way of 
discouraging their movement up. Now, the numbers involved in that are significant, and I feel like, while that's maybe not great for fourth graders, there could be more work done to talk about the faults with this country in addition to eulogizing its well, the question Largely is, what's the leaders. goal, though, right? Is is the goal to try to have young people graduate by the time of high school to be skeptical, apprehensive, and not very proud of the country? Or eventually tell a true and patriotic story? Wait, wait, wait! I thought you guys oh, were skeptical of the government! That, that was the whole vaccination thing when we were, were we starting this! No, you should be grateful for the people in your life, but I will never be grateful to the state. I'm not that much of a collectivist. Well, not, not a state. Are you not thankful that you live in America? I'm thankful of... For what reason? Life easier. I was born white to well-off parents, and today I enjoy many of the benefits of having really responsible and attentive Are you parents. thankful you have constitutional rights that are protected by... That sounds like God. such a you fucking China thing. No. They were fought Shouldn't for. you be grateful to this country for all it's done for you? God protected in the Constitution. They were fought for by whiny, same as the Fourteenth and Fifteenth Amendments. Everything that's come since, we fought for them, and it is discontentedness Are you that thankful leads for us those to fight. Now? I'm thankful for their efforts, as okay. am I. For well, there, the, there's the, some gratitude. Sure, I'm grateful to them, but patriotism. I'm grateful to what people in America do, but America is a concept. It's been used to do a lot of good oh, and a lot no. of harm. It's a home. Well, a home can be a... I mean, in the broadest sense, but I know, I know where my family lives, and I'm loyal to them. When it comes to this country, though, this is a political and economic block, and I have only one concern, and it's that the mm-hmm. people in this country live the best lives possible. Also outside the country, but I, I, you know, I live here. This is, my, this is my backyard. And when I want people graduating you know, from high school... I don't want them to feel this sense of contentedness. Contentedness is the death of activism for all that's good. And activists have always been, you're an activist in your own way. Ten of the first 12 were slave owners. Uh, for good. They've done a lot of damage, too. Sure, they have. But we make the world move. And but hey, the country wasn't founded on slavery. Interested in the flaws in this country because that teaches them to grow up and care about them so hard they fix them. This Look at all the slave masters posing on your dollar. Agreement, which is obviously what we want, where I think that we should try to be develop, developing and graduating kids with strong character mm-hmm. that want to appreciate and protect a country. And to try so you to want to lie to them for the purpose of indoctrinating them with nationalism. It's not going to persuade each other is that you want to try to graduate activists that know the flaws and are willing to mobilize. Ooh, it was indeed founded on genocide. Ooh-hoo. Is that fair? As long as it's responsible and effective, yeah. There are ways to do progressive... Of course, I'm a progressive, so I'll say it's good by default, but there are ways to do it poorly. I disagree with people on the left constantly, either over issues of actual concept or issues of optics or issues of engagement i always find something to disagree with people on uh it's very fun living but with all that being said i have to wonder is it not the prerogative and i'm not assigning this to you of tyrants to make sure that the children who graduate from their schools find no fault in the nations they're taught to love see i never said no fault there yes thankful for something Mm -hmm. and you can have a holistic view of something and understand that there were stumbles and there were missteps while also being pretty freaking proud of that something how exceptional this project what is. if there are current problems like today you know we should we should talk about those like we already talked about fatherlessness government overreach tim you want to interject oh no i, I think um it's inter- it's 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 interesting to me you're you're from the suburbs of chicago you, yes. you grew up in beverly hills mm-hmm. i i somebody commented 
I think it was on Twitter, they said that when they went to school, they weren't taught about uh, Black Wall Street or the Tulsa bombing. I did this for you guys. This is everything that I do not like about the broadcast medium at this moment in time. We were taught about the violation of treaties. I was taught a lot as well. Yeah, we were taught a lot about that. When, when we learn history, what we're really learning is a, is a story. I think it's called... I, how do you quantify proud? What is it, data? Like it, it's just, once again, it's just an emotive argument. It's not anything concrete. I, that's what I can't stand about arguing with right-wingers. Do we want people to be thankful? Sure. I don't want And they, they won't let you use your emotive arguments, which are based in facts, like saying, like, oh, the country was founded on slavery. Every day that I worked... That is an emotive argument that is rooted in fact. Union activists back during the turn of the 20th century who gave us the five-day work week, the 40-hour work week, who ensured that we had proper standards for lunch breaks and what have you in this. And they fought, and they were won. But a right-winger can just assert in an argument like, oh, well, the kids aren't proud enough of their country now. Do you ever what the fuck does that mean? A libertarian socialist, socialist, is there ever a point where the activism actually does much more harm than good. Because if you tell the actual truth, then people actually want to rise up and change the status quo. Because the status quo is built on a lie. Uh, not all of them are black, of course, but who believe that the racial uh, problem... We, we still have that instilled... Like They even said it! Like I think Vosh made mention of it. The shining city on a hill. Oh, no, it's very old. I... I the manifest destiny that, like, we... Do you want to rephrase yeah, so We are allowed to do whatever the fuck we want. I guess the question is... Because we were ordained by God. For activism's sakes. Mobilizing for grievances. What if actually what we but the But the, the truth of history is actually that, you know, we were, we were pretty shitty. Do you think there are things worth... And that we've, we've got schools all over this country that have mass graves in the backyard. Believe that there are systems in place in the United States that we we should defend and preserve. Yeah, for sure. That um, that we I tried mean, to breed are, the native. Uh, the concept of democracy through rape. Fair representation. The idea out of the indigenous people in this country. These are ideas that I think are that they don't want people to know that. They're almost uh, existentially worthwhile. Now, to what extent does this country live up to those promises? In some ways, it does so better than most other countries, sometimes any other country. In other ways, it could do better. Income mobility here, which is the measure for how effectively this country manages its meritocratic systems, you know, is higher in some European countries than it is here. The idea remains valuable to me, but I can't help but think maybe we could make it better. If making it better entails some highly destructive process that involves tearing down everything we've ever known and such, then, I mean, eventually I, you have to do a risk-reward benefit, right? So what I'm trying to caution you about... Vosh comes off better than Vosh has ever come off to me. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Vosh. don't have the same sort of nuance. But it, I guess it's just comparative to the two assholes. But I am as well. I just think that everything no, has its time. Just, you just had kind of a little bit more of a moderated Maybe, answer. But how often do actual critical race theorists come on like all of the like talk show circuits that end up... I mean, we've had some. I mean, Joy Reid advocated for it, but the actual well, scholars... They're, they're running Lockheed Martin. Northrop Grumman. They're running the United States military. They're running what? They're run, what? They're signing these ideas again. No. Wokeism. Let's no, use that. Mean, no. What? With Robin DiAngelo and the 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 federal white fragility. Training. Right, right, right. I'm not a big fan of her. that book. Is stupid. 
language incites a lot of negative discourse. I think that it's bad for publication. Maybe good in an academic setting. So not setting. good to teach generals that? Uh, like for some random people at like a business? Absolutely not. No. no, no. The G big... Generals in the military. Oh, yeah, sure. No. Because that's um, what's happening. Well, the big problem that I have, but keep in mind, that's not wokists running these things. What happens is this, and put pretty simply, the majority of Americans brought... Yeah, I don't think General Milley seemed fucking woke. The, all these sort of broad cultural markers. So corporations and other large entities think... Millie seemed well-read. We need to appeal to the business interests of this country. We need to do something to ingratiate ourselves to the majority opinion. And like what? So oftentimes, and they've done this... How before. is it that they get to posture themselves as being pro-military while also attacking the military? Robin D'Angelo to come on over there and Robin D'Angelo's job. I do like, how does the right wing get away with this shit? And like, so is she going to come over there and write like a power in terms of winning people over? Vosh has done a really good job. I wouldn't be able to go on the show without fucking yelling at them because they, they are yeah. so fucking wrong on fundamental points. Sure. Should we be aware of the concept of like implicit bias? Yeah, fine. That's good. That's just normal human things, I think. But some of the language in there really made it seem like she wanted white people to feel a little bit bad. And I don't want white people to feel bad. I don't want anyone to feel guilty over who they are. What percentage of this country? Do I just want to I do, like it's like I do my show. I just want to go over the facts. I'll give you my opinion about it, but like, let's get down to brass tacks about the fucking facts. And, well, it depends on where you go. Uh, mm -hmm. I use civics. They have 230. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of a motherfucker for being bald because I'm, I'm fucking bald myself. I think they do a pretty good job, but there's always, I know, a challenge with polls and whether they, you know, their system. The peak support was 53% after the death of George Floyd. And uh, opposition actually declined uh, fairly steadily. There was no major spike in, op in, in opposition. There was a major spike in support after the death of George Floyd. However, there was a rapid escalation of opposition. According to Civic's current support for Black Lives Matter is 45% and opposition is 42%. Those numbers are really well, different. From I might have looked at Pew Research. I couldn't tell about the methodology, which is more. <laughs> it's actually. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Tones. Word mm -hmm. is very unpopular. Mm -hmm. So I would look at it differently. I think these corporations have been infiltrated what? highly motivated activists, which you... Um, the animation channel. Like, if you guys watched the Majority Report yesterday, Sam played the, like, Stephen Crowder's Nightmare animation. Go watch the, the whole thing. There's another one with, with Tim Pool, and he pulls off his beanie, and he's got a, he's got a face on top of his head. Well, no, that's not true. I would say... I hate this... What is what is wokeism? Because uh, if I was if I was sitting there with Charlie Kirk right now, I'm like, you're gonna have to give me a precising definition of what wokeism is. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Really bad examples being brought to the limelight because they're most objectionable. Sure. To be fair, though, I mean, you might have these very very like uh, well thought out views of things. You could say, oh, that's indefensible. Of course, I don't want to be unreasonable. But when you get Mark Milley coming out and talking about white rage, as a oh, blanket, I thought I thought his speech was was lovely. It reminded me of yes, old, like Chinese philosopher generals. But you, you have know? people quitting the military over this stuff because they're they, they feel like they're well, what a fucking puss! You quit the military? They've, they've been discriminated against on on racial lines they don't like. And uh, one guy I met said he was planning a lifelong career in the military and immediately got out because they implemented these policies of like white racial trainings. 
they were told that the symbols of America are no longer allowed to be displayed like in, in private because they're extremists. In the military? In the military, okay. yes. Well, I can't speak to any of that. I haven't well, looked so, into the, the particular... Uh, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. Is that. It feels like with Robin DiAngelo. We've seen this pattern for decades now. I don't think it has anything to do with infiltration. I, I don't think the military is going to tell you you can't hang an American flag up. They know but hey, one of the one of the problems cultural trend happening, and they with with the American flag now is that people are just wrapping themselves in the flag while not believing in anything in our constitution and believing in the law. They think they can do whatever they want. They'll elect a a fucking child rapist. It should be. How's the right way to phrase this? Uh, if a corporation were to tell, say, white employees that they had in, in inherent characteristics based on their race or that they should undergo some kind of uh, um, course or class based on their race, should businesses be allowed to do that? Um, you mean legally or like morally? Both. You know? um, I suppose legally if they want to. I can understand people being upset over it. I don't think there's anything wrong with racial sensitivity training and concept. The problem is that it's almost always done by this consultant class of, like, upper middle class, like, wasps who are really, really intent on getting... Yeah, I've not had very many normal jobs or things that resembled normal jobs, but every Um, time that I have, it's it's always been like... There's always, like, bullshit that you've got to sit through, right? I I guess I would defer entirely to law. If it turns out to be unconstitutional, then he had it. I I just want to say, though, that... While we are fixating on bad behaviors here, and there's nothing wrong with that, I do maintain my insistence that I think the vast majority of progressives would agree with what I have to say. Though, keep in mind, there are always going to be a mix of good and bad ideas. Do you guys agree with what Vosh has had to say thus far? The civil rights movement, which we all know and love today, you know. I, I think he has done a... of people acting there whose ideas I disagree with. He's done a good job... Amended that before he died. There are for the space that he's in. If your goal, he wrote a book after the Civil Rights Act. Where do we? If go your goal is to convert people, something chaos. Or something. I think he may actually get some people in Charlie Kirk Temple audience to not provoke some thought to educate themselves on the experience of black. Yeah, I'd be going on to try to own them, and like I would want, I would want a viral moment. No, we're a collective bond. There's always going to be some disagreement. Is the movement valid? To me, a movement which recognizes the racial disparity. But I don't know how much good that would do. That there are problems we. I mean, I openly admit it. I'd like my tactics aren't meant to win people over. So first, the one thing I wanted to, uh, to highlight. Let me actually uh, pull this up. Is that net support, which is support versus opposition, before George Floyd died for Black Lives Matter? That was my biggest point. Yeah. As of today, according to civics, it's 3%. That brings it all the way back. Yes, because right-wing media has done a great job of demonizing them and painting them as violent. In this country. So if we look at support for Black Lives Matter among Democrats, 86%. Support or opposition for Black Lives Matter among Republicans, 86%. Opposition, mere image. You take a look at independence. more and- uh, alike than we may think, huh? Right, right. Um, you take a look at the, the independents, though, people who don't align. And I would say, what is the date around? Um, around May 1st, there was an inversion. And now the majority of independents oppose Black Lives Matter 44% to 39%. That's not surprising to me, given uh, that there's been very little in the way of optical. I'm sorry, you haven't spoken in a while. I apologize. No, I'm, I'm I just wanted to make those data points just yeah, to clarify some I, things. I, and then. I wanted this to be more of a discussion than a debate, so I think it's actually really helpful. Are you concerned when certain 
judges or people running for DA say that accommodations on sentencing should be made on race. Does that bother you? Um, who no. I've never heard that before. Well, people in law schools have been saying it. Um, well, I mean, students have always Kim been. Fox in Chicago has heavily implied that communities of color need to be accommodated for in sentencing. Heavily implied. Oh, my God. Laws that we've seen altogether, well, right? I, I Decriminalizing, mean, shoplifting, all that. Please. I'm totally okay with that. We okay. lock way too many people up, just flat out. That's not so, even... like, murder out the next day? No, not murder. You well, said that's... shoplifting. Well, I'm just saying, just the bail reform laws in New Mexico and California have been a disaster. Well, I can't here's, speak here's, to the, Oh, sorry. Uh, here's, here's actually a really great point. Um, it's a tough one for me. I'm, I, I, I agree. I think we lock way too many people up. I err on the side of liberty. Uh, innocent until proven guilty. To take a, a working class <laughs> individual who... That would have been funny. Shoplifting before he's even been proven. Oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. You haven't spoken in a while. Anyway. However, what do we see in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Wave of shoplifting. Businesses shutting down. Because when you don't stop the crime, you get, I guess... A lot of crime. Yeah, it's, How do we, it's, it's, it's a tough issue. I, I, I don't. I wanted to, you know, let you guys. I think I've, we'll totally disagree on this. You first. Maybe. Well, I've read a lot on recidivism. We have a fairly high recidivism rate in this country mm-hmm. because, really, the thing that causes crime more than anything else, it's not actually poverty. It's income inequality. When poor people and rich people share the same space, it leads to a lot of problems. All poor people together in a neighborhood. Yeah, it's always this nebulous fucking. Rich people together in a neighborhood. There you go. You have very clean targets. And what's more, there are other forms of um, criminality that only really fully express themselves in the types of neighborhoods that have a really strong mix of wealthy and poor. I could see that because... What topic are we on anymore? Uh, like, is this, is this still CRT? Now, Beverly Hills, safest place you could be. 3 a.m., you want to take a jog, go for it. Seriously. Not anymore. Fine. Maybe. Oh, I, don't, I haven't been there in like You'd five years. You'd be surprised, man. I'll say this. Good well, luck walking. Gated communities. Well, uh, uh, okay, Hurston, I don't want to walk Rodeo Drive during the daylight, okay? <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I agree. I agree. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, After Garcon has had his work in L.A., it's a disaster. Violent, violent crime is down since the 90s. We've had a bit of an it's, up since it's COVID. It's up but, massive in the last year. Oh, well, COVID's led to a lot of really weird exigent factors. Well, but Defunding the police. With all, We haven't defunded the police anywhere. Minneapolis? Maybe okay, in a couple a places. Lot of places. Hold on a second. They're, That's not true. Minneapolis. They've, they've cut by like a few percent. <laughs> 260 departments, I think it was reported last year, had stripped their, their funding yeah. from the Sorry, when, I, when you said defund, I thought I meant like the anarchist vision of like community policing. When it comes to police funds being stripped, there is a conversation to be had about the relationship between that and crime. But the crime increase seems to be all countrywide. So I don't know if I'd be leaning more towards that being a COVID thing and people being restless and angry and, I don't know, aggressive. The thing that I'm trying to say, though, is um, when I grew up in Beverly Hills. Desperate. 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 Walk half a mile though, and the area between rich and poor were the areas where people had barred windows every time. So when it comes to criminality, there are things that we can address very fundamentally that will help. Poverty is one of the things that leads to crime. I don't know the particulars. It's not my field. Um, I've also read stuff on recidivism. Apparently, murder actually has a very low default recidivist rate because usually it's done under a very specific set of heated conditions that don't actually speak to a person's character, which makes you wonder a lot about like moral worth and what really drives a person to do that sort of thing. I think it's something we should look at. I, I don't it seems like... Strong database arguments. The last thing I want to say... because It seems like he's, he's wanting to just like move on yes. from what they're saying um, and get yeah, his point across. It. I'm actually going to triple down on this one, okay? Not only 
do I think that we should aggressively look at the ways our sentencing laws affect and uh, discriminate between black and white people and Hispanic and Asian. Uh, I think we should do the same between men and women. Because as much as black people are shafted by the criminal justice system, men are even more. If you take a look at the disproportionate rates of sentencing, relative levels of implicit bias, right. women get off with way <laughs> yeah. more than men Bosch do. MRA yeah. confirmed. Way more. So I, I mean, and, and they're they're bad rhetorical tactics. Well, so the um, the issue though is that when you remove race, it's just a matter of income. Bosh MRA. Ron James goes in front of a jury. He's gonna have the best lawyers. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's an extreme example, right? But O.J. Simpson had an all-star team. Well, now you're talking about capitalism, Charlie. Oh, you're, speaking my, you're speaking my language. Oh, he would oh, also have good lawyers. O.J. Simpson? Oh, oh yeah. Obama. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you, didn't have, you didn't have Obama's a lawyer. No, no. Well, let me, let me, let me just say. Kardashian and Dershowitz. I, like, sorry. I, I would just like to uh, interject that Obama uh, extrajudicially assassinated people, and <laughs> nobody did anything True. about it. So with, Now, with that's black strikes. privilege. But oh, That's a joke. Don't. So, <laughs> don't. <laughs> but I, I think that there's there's an implication in your argument that I want to challenge, which mm-hmm. is that just because you're poor doesn't mean you commit crimes. I think that's an insult to poor people, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that if you well, – No, no, no. I don't think anybody's making that argument, and I think that's a straw man. But instead, it should be the question of what are we trying to structurally do or through incentives to either punish the people that are committing crimes and lift people out of that current level. So I think it's a good talking point, but I don't think it's totally true to say we have too many people in prison. I think we have the wrong people in prison. Let me tell you we why. Really quick. We have more than like any other country. About no, no, no. Let it's me tell you huge. why. The average By a long shot. And they're very likely to rape again. Totally different than hey, murder. Look, if you... Hey, look, That's an indictment. Police departments to go towards actually looking at the rape kits that they take rather well, than well stuffing them into a bin. Well, 250,000 untested rape kits mm. in the tri-state area in New York City. 250,000, right? Yeah, because cops are useless. You could say it had nefarious intentions. I'll be neutral on that. It was very heavy on drugs, obviously, in the 80s and We 90s. are very much incentivized to punish people you cited the to a for-profit prison system that uses prison labor. Because we were tough on crime in the 80s, and we had a massive campaign against it, and we had the most peaceful decade in American history. Well, there were a few factors. The viability of broken windows policing has been challenged substantially, but there, there are... Lead! Lead, abortion... Really, what you're really doing is you're forestalling the problem. Uh, there are socioeconomic conditions. We removed lead from a lot of homes. The worst people. But Unleaded the gasoline. Some direct indicator of poor moral conduct. Oftentimes it is a crime of necessity or it is a crime born... That is one of the reasons why crime went down. What would be a crime of necessity? Abortion is one of the reasons why crime went down. possibly be a crime of necessity? Um, I know for, I can at least speak to personal experience that I knew uh, some people involved in, like uh, like they said, they would sometimes peddle drugs. And they did it because while they may have been accounted for by the welfare state, their parents' medical bills weren't. Not sufficiently, not even close. I, Stuff I, like that. Now, now I could, now maybe legally if that person got arrested, the law says they have to be. I could never morally condemn them. They were trying to save their mom, man. But so, I, I got to push back on that. Sure. I mean, for, for sure it's anecdotal, but... Uh, it, it is, so it's not like a data point. You so, know? I, I never understood this, having grown up on the South Side, n- seeing people sell They drugs. scrutinize all of Vosh's points. I mean, no joke. And get away with just fallacious bullshit all over the place. A baseball field. Now, I understand not everyone can play guitar. I or met, skateboard. Or skateboard. Sure. I knew a guy who said he just bought T-shirts. He went and bought bulk T-shirts, 
Were so, Vosh and Tim Pool skateboarding before this? You can do the same thing with socks. And then people go on the side of the road and sell socks. I think the choice of committing a crime was a choice. Well, it is. Well, hold on. It is always a choice. But what we're really talking about is the limits of determinism here. How much do we choose the things we do? You can make an argument that it's all. I mean, you're religious, of course, so you wouldn't have this argument. But I from, wouldn't have anything close to this argument. Right. From a, um, a secular perspective, you could make the argument that at the end of the day, the things we do are driven entirely by the chemical reactions in our brain. And therefore, everything that we do from start to finish is just a combination of random molecular patterns and blah, blah, blah. We don't live our lives. Yes, like yes, I agree with that. And that's why I don't believe we have free will. But in practice, we are also the product of our environment. That's a fun argument to have with me, by the way. While growing up, yes. He is a pretty strong... I don't believe in free will. Is a suggestion. There is a lot, of, and there are a lot of moral implications that come with holding that belief. Probably not, so that statistical difference has to be accounted for by the inevitable fact that environmental differences can lead to harsh outcomes. The question is, though, do you then create a set of lack of enforcement to say that we're actually not going to enforce it? Yeah, pretty much. You had an entire article in National Public Radio, not saying you believe this, that says the case for looting, Mm -hmm. right? San Francisco's basically employed this $900 or less. They're not going to prosecute you, right? Videos of them stealing entire Walgreens, right? Not an exaggeration. And then you have, and just Ooh. data point, just because of COVID, Europe's crime rates did not increase. Ours did. And we had a massive defund police, almost kind of, we're going to be relaxed on criminality. I'm, I'm going to guess that Europe did a much better job, especially because they have a functioning healthcare system. Well, we're not, and I, I, it's not for profit. Just to finish, is that my perspective? I would think that that contributed a lot, you know, during a pandemic. I could think of one maybe two examples where I would make a moral claim of a crime of necessity, and that would be a revenge crime if someone murdered your wife or your kid. Uh, maybe. Necessity? I'm not saying necessity. I'm saying like a moral accommodation where I could right. say I could see where they came from. Not necessity. Let me rephrase that. But the idea that in the welfare state that we have, with the private philanthropy kind of generosity we have, that shoplifting and arson and looting – how long was this going on before we joined we it? Say, you know, it's actually because the environment. I don't know why you pointed at me when you no, said that. I, I have never mugged Barbara <laughs> well, Boston. I'm saying that as an example. <laughs> you. Yeah, I don't mean to. I don't, Is was, that, you, was that you in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> you, Where were you? <laughs> no, I, I've gotten stolen from in San Francisco before. It was, uh, it was a very fun experience. It was, that was back before YouTube, too, so I couldn't afford to replace anything. Okay, a lot to respond to here. <laughs> cool guy, dead now. Uh, thought that crime was sociologically useful because it shows you where the antagonisms are between people's wants and the state's desires. So crime takes place where there's an agitation between what people are being compelled to do by whatever, their own behavior, their desires, and um, what the state will allow you to do. So, for example, uh, during a... Um, but you, you can't operate under that paradigm as if, like, everybody else believes yeah. there's no free will. Um, to put it lightly, quite a few cases of theft during that... People aren't ready for that. They would do anything for it. So the What's the line from Back to the Future? Yeah. Maybe your kids will dig it. ...becomes a sociological indicator of a social need that isn't being met. Now, today, of course, we do have, admittedly, a fairly weak but existent welfare state. It's rather we do strong. Have, it's very generous. Yeah, it's a little, a little Multi- baby. I, I had that conversation with my buddy the other day, and he's like, well, you know, I believe in the multiverse theory, and, you know, there's, there's infinite universes, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. So you can only do... What you were set to do because you only exist in this one uh, universe and the many multiverse. I'll admit that. There's only one way that you can act in situations. Blue is fucking mind. 
people commit crimes. Huh. Hold on, this is a spurious I, correlation, okay? First of all, you will not be able to. Find I mean, I choose it like like the people getting their. I went gay for Gay Pride Month, and then I've just I've still been gay like for the month after. They won't commit the crime. So people got money and they still committed crime. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't always like correspond one to one like that. The I reason totally why agree. people needed money is because they weren't getting any money from their jobs because they couldn't work their jobs. So people were still in a worse well, position. Well, they also they got unemployment. Otherwise. Remember, very generous unemployment. The unemployment started Plus pretty generous. 600 to 800 dollars. Right, I think it was a week or a month. Right, it was it's, very it's still currently that run through, and not months. everyone, uh, not everyone is applicable for unemployment. There are a lot of conditions there that can make that difficult. No, they were very for. generous. And, they didn't well, turn anyone on, down wait, wait. during we're, the lockdown. We're, very, so we're being we're being very spurious. About well, we're very wonky. Right I'm sorry, I interrupted okay. you. I'm just so, so I just so not wonky. This is the opposite of being wonky. Helpful. <laughs> I love dead white guys. That's my. I actually don't know if Durkheim was white. Um, so, I'm not pro crime. Not pro criminal here. I'm pro leaning. I saw them promoting Sweden again. Like, as not having mask mandates, if I had to guess, everybody in Sweden is just wearing a mask and they don't have to mandate it. Because they, they love pointing out, well, Sweden doesn't have a minimum wage. No, they have a union set wage. And it's a lot higher than ours. They did a movie about that. Um, <laughs> That's why they don't have a government set minimum wage. Yeah, which only serves my point. Um,. So I'm assuming their government just came out and asked them to wear masks. They're like, okay. There are a couple of things I think we should all agree to, okay? First of all, well, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's some assholes in Sweden, but. Just flat out. I think that drugs in general should be treated like a medical issue. Um, Portugal did that. They did. Yeah, yeah, I'm not high enough for this shit. Thank so, you, Vosh. conflicting data on Portugal, but fine. It's pretty promising. So you take, take like, heroin. Nobody wants to be on heroin, okay? If you're on heroin in the fleeting moments you have in between your little sessions, you know something's up. So you treat that like a medical issue. Say, hey, we have government offices. You want to come by? And I think most of the people, I'm not sure on the data on this one. I might, I might be wrong. I think the majority of people that are actually on heroin in the United States now got started on prescription drugs. The unemployment, the stimulus. First of all, during the opioid crisis. Hiring for specific work, like labor stuff, because nobody wants to work. And no joke, like we've been having, I've been having conversations like every other day, like, can we find some people? And it's like, we can't find any. Yeah, I, wa I want to say I'm right about that. Most of the people that are on heroin today. We had uh, over 800 uh, flights canceled. But the majority of the people that are on heroin today. And now we're facing fuel shortages because of I might be wrong, but it is definitely a we're, we're, huge we're chunk. This, uh, this unemployment stimulus thing where they're doing the $300 bonus. Now they're doing the child tax credit, which won't be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a correlation with massive job openings and people not taking these jobs. I think it's phenomenal. Finally, the bargaining power is in the hands of the workers. Whoa, 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 but Tim, Tim, in states where they have rescinded the unemployment benefits, they have seen no change in, in the amount of hiring, proving that it wasn't the unemployment benefits. Many companies now do because of their decriminalization. The airline company. Yeah, the Sacklers lost a lawsuit. I, like, I assume they're still appealing. Here on stock buybacks to enrich their CEOs and shareholders rather than on hiring more pilots. It seems the issue here is this is a simple supply demand issue. People need to raise their wages. You see these news stories from time to time where it's like, I raised my wage to 15 an hour and people showed up. And it's like, boom. Yeah, that is how economics works. We had uh, John Schneider yep. on the show. Literally. Literally, supply and demand. It's simple economics. You free market fucks. He kept trying to find people. Nobody would do it. He kept raising wages. Finally, he settled on $35 an hour. 
That means pizzas are going to basically more than double because the wage they were paying before was like 15 and now they're no. over double what they were paying in labor. Their labor costs go up. They have no choice but to charge substantially more for pizza. In the short term, within a, a, a month or so, that might have an impact on those pizza makers. But the ripple effect is going to slam into everybody. All of a sudden, the contractor can't afford to feed. Now, that is a factor that Vosh brought up. The, you know, because the of like how how we have a a the landlords aren't system to fix the buildings the that functions just to suck the money from poor people. You go to Walmart and you spend your money; it sucks it right out of your local economy and sends it to Bentonville, Arkansas. For a year, nobody worked, or very few people worked, and people got used to staying at home. And as the government should, I mean, like this is three millionaires in a room, right? You know, we have I'm assuming Vosh makes a, a good living. Uh, better this than war. And um, now people are returning to work and they're realizing work sucks. Work sucks everywhere. But in this country, compared to maybe some of our equally developed contemporaries, work really sucks. The work culture, our rate of overproductivity, the Americans more than any other developed country, by the way, we push our workers hard. And you have favorable employment. And we do not compensate them for pushing them hard. There are a lot of people who have jobs. Here is productivity jobs compared with hourly compensation like two weeks before the end of the current one they're constantly worrying about whether or not they're going to make their shifts line up to get enough hours to get the money they need to pay down their student debt along with their rent and everything it sucks and it's untenable and we are in an era of unprecedented record profits for ceos there so, is a podcast called pitchfork economics that is rich people need to start acting as if the pitchforks are going to come from for them Maybe it was the and how they approach government policy, because if they don't, the pitchforks are going to come for them. I will say that the lockdowns were way too harsh and intense. I will say there is a Fifth Amendment argument. No, today, no, no. We didn't go far enough with the lockdowns to contain it. Cannot take something from you. It was the government's response. Eminent domain argument, right? We should have took care of people. We should have froze rents, mortgages, lockdowns were far too, and then paid people to stay home. We could have spurred all kinds of innovation. Take risks. I want to go a different direction. I just want to ask you a question. It's just more because one of the things that I got so upset about was hearing these like restaurant owners and shit complain. Yes, my heart goes out to you, but I thought in capitalism you're the one that bears the risk, and that you also uh, are forged by hard times, and that you, being the capitalist that you are, the best interest for can capitalize on an adverse situation. Which locks and change your business model to accommodate it and make money differently. I guess, but that's just me. The ubiquitous philosophical term, more so than well, because they all they all wrote on those terms, right? right. And, and they all, they totally disagreed. They all thought that. different things of humans. They all thought the Sacklers need to do jail time. Rousseau very positive. Locke was more neutral. Socialists, <laughs> socialists tend to think that humans... Well, we're getting into like actual philosophy. I haven't been paying yeah, attention to them for like the last 20 minutes. Well, the implicit suggestion to that, to me, is that socialists think their system would only work if everyone was nice. And I don't believe that. I think that the best economic systems will work when everyone is an absolute POS. Just a dirty horrible human being and very you incentivize them well but it should maybe humans are amazing but the best system should survive human greed i want to i want to ask you a very so i'm right for not liking vosh do you think some people are better than other people can i add a bit of nuance to that answer answer however you want 
I think that some people have what a weird question. more moral and of better character. Oh, no, was that a racist question? Was he like asking like just better just, like 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 they're taller? That's it. Oh, um, How, but I, I think, you know, your interpretation of, of the question is part of the answer. By any metric, there will always be people who are better than others, always perhaps by some combination of environment and genetics. I just hope that we can. What are you measuring better? I agree. I think uh, all all attributes are distributed on a fucking normal scale. For everyone to prosper, for for people to be successful. Some people are smart in some ways, and some people are smart in other ways. Some people have charismatic personalities. I think I want honestly conservation of what we already have. These are three men. Slight ideological no, that are surviving more on their charisma than they are anything else. I think that we have something beautiful. Well, I don't know what charisma Tim Pool has. What the fuck is up with him? Nasty and awful and cruel. The fact we've been able to build something decent and civil is pretty. Hey, so this is this is the state of nature question. A good system. A great system, and, it, and, and it, I don't think you can answer it one way or the other. I think I think it's a distribution of different personalities. Not all people are brutish and cruel. Not all people are loving and nurturing. Of course not. And that we have everything in between. Is something that usually has to be earned. Negative. I always thought the state of nature question was was weird. It's like a false dichotomy. You want people to be brutalized, impoverished, imprisoned. Of course not. Taking their rights away. But I would never want to grow complacent. You're both familiar with the Marxian theory of um, dialectic materialism. You correct? mean Hegel's I, theory. Not. Oh, no. He had uh, he had the dialectic, and we, we, we built on it, you know? Or we? he built. We, I, I'd love I, to get into that. No. I really want to get into the Marx thing, because I'm I super fascinated by it. No, I well, I just want to say, you know, the, the theory, I mean, put simply, I guess, is that um, human society, the, the human project, it evolves as a product of antagonism grinding antagonism between people in that, Marxian yeah, view of very, different... That's very Hegelian. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, he was a student of Hegel. I know. He was part of this. He was the young Hegelian. Yeah. He won no, the argument. Well, I, no, I'm not... Well, you're not... I'm just saying, like, he would get mad at you if you said he was Hegelian influence, but I don't think I would. I, well, Hegel was a smart guy. I just can't read his work because... The phenomenology of spirit is impossible to read. Thank you. All right. I, ho- I was worried you were going to make fun of me. I just want to say... <laughs> no, it's really hard. He made the very simple complex. Yeah. He was we agree on that. something. I just want to say, sorry, sorry. sorry I just want to, is it the project of humans moving forward. I think that antagonism fuels it. But I in, wasn't expecting Charlie Kirk to know that. Before, but antagonism, in the sense that we we look at our ideas, our values, and we challenge them. So I, I just want to say something we disagree on. I don't think human humanity is a project. Do you think we're headed towards something better than what we have today? Probably not. Huh. I think that we're actually we're probably engaging in the second law of thermodynamics currently. That we're untangling. We're going to chaos, not order. See, this to me, this is the thing, and I'm not trying to patronize conservatives. Everybody, uh, everybody throughout all of history has thought that. Are legitimate. You know, Certainly. F- Winston Churchill's fear. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. No, no, no. I'm not. No. Milk she, from PV. And there are elements of this. I think, though, that if society is to collapse, it would probably be from climate change more so than like the. Oh, come on. The, you don't believe that. No, for sure. You, this, I, we'll see it. Did Charlie uh, Kirk get his philosophy from YouTube videos or something? You know, my problem is, oh, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, I see all the news. You're an idiot. Climate change, and I'm like, I understand them. And then you get Obama buying beachfront property. You get the celebrities flying in airplanes. And I'm like, how am I supposed to trust any Bernie. of these people? Who gives a shit what Obama does? And they're all over the story. I wasn't going to cover it. Where Obama's having his fucking, what, 50th, 60th birthday party, whatever the fuck it is. 60th. 
I'd like and he's to- inviting like 600 people or some shit. You know, the Postmaster General back in... Was it the Postmaster General? Was it the, uh, patent <laughs> office? No, the Patent Office, 1900. All the patents have been made. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and not I, saying it's the best it's been... It, it, I'm not saying improvement right. is not... Is Tim Pool the best grifter on, on YouTube? I, I try to put myself in the... Cat, show. what's your opinion? You know, I don't know. Somebody... In Dave Rubin's up there, right? Them. What I live in today would have been incomprehensible to them in every imaginable sense. Every conceivable way. But... Their arguments for the permanence of society then would have been better than mine today because they would have lived in a stable, feudal society for millennia. And today, I now am here using technology that would have been alien to humans 20 years ago. I think about, like, um, the Cultural Revolution, the Cultural Revolution. I think about uh, the revolution in Russia. And you mentioned the conservatives tend to be more fearful, and I think there's history that shows us things can go bad. You can have something that's good, not great, could probably be better, and then end up... Good, not great. Could probably be better. Millions dead. For sure. 20 to 40 million, I think, in the cultural revolution. We we had Lily Tong Williams on the other night, and she's telling us these stories are scary. Always hindsight, right? Because people thought this about every major event in social progress in America's history as well. The breakup, the Confederacy, the Civil War, the fight to uh, abolish slavery, sure. You know, suffrage for women, yes. The Civil Rights Act, yes. Gay marriage, yes. Every time we make a step forward, I don't, uh, you're probably anti-gay marriage, right? I'm I'm so lost, I don't know. Okay, sure, right. I guess I'm high enough Um, for this shit now. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, every time one man, one woman. Yeah. Every time we take a step forward, well, we agreed on the three-parent household before. I disagreed on that polyamory. Fifty percent more efficient than the previous method. And, when and, did they talk about polyamory? And why? And ten times more chaotic. Like, and, why do you get to disagree on something like that? Why is that any of your fucking business? Parents in the house. It's actually exponential. It's, it's, it's exponential. it just goes up forever. Yeah, that, that, that's very... Albert Einstein had twelve parents. It's yes. Just... Yeah. By the time you hit twelve parents, there, should the children just a god? By the way, just a yeah, it's like a warp. warp very, very ubermensch. But yeah. continue. All the all the cuts um, to the different cameras. Everyone argues like this is the best it gets, and any future steps would be treacherous. But then we always make that next step. I don't know if America's going to be around forever. We're a young country, and countries far older than ours have fallen in the lifetime of America. So I can't yep. look at what we have today, or the people that I live with, or the values. That, that is a very good point. I them a feeling of permanence, but I can say this: I fear stagnation. And every country that has ever set itself upon stagnation has always died. Every time, every country always seeks to better itself, and maybe that road to betterment leads to ruin. But the path of stagnation is always ruinous. I I agree. Our culture has stagnated severely. One thing I always bring up is like Christmas music written in the 50s. We still play it nonstop over and over again. Thank you. Movies have become repetitive, redundant. Well, that, that you're, you're critiquing capitalism. They want to evoke those uh, nostalgic feelings. There is this kind of revisionist belief that to wring every last bit of money they can out of you. Some of those social movements, which is just not true. Now, I'm not saying you'd be a confederate. And I'm not even getting to the party. Because of hearing the, the same tired fucking Christmas songs on triggers the dopamine in your brain. And you, you think about like when you were a kid getting presents, you want to shower your kid in presents. But what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, back then the, the cycle repeats itself. I'm really obsessed with race or equality. You know, now, it, I mean, it's obsession with race can be pernicious in many ways but i think there's a pretty i've i've been back to not paying attention to them being obsessed with i think it's they started talking about philosophy and i'm i'm, I'm i was in and this is gone somewhere else i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i mean i don't know you well enough you seem rather decent i, I try my best but but like like i wouldn't give power to nicole hannah jones 
I don't know who that is. Who's she founded the 1619? That's project. the 1619 project. We're back to that shit again. You have demonized her. That's why you're a racist, sir. You took just a, a, a accomplished black woman who wrote a piece you disagree with. You're supposed to be on the side of free speech. You fucking moron. Let's get to the and you're trying to malign the woman because you didn't like what she had to say. Not just like morale. And you don't like her skin color, right? But if you were like, if you were to look at a society and were asked to assess its worth, what metrics would you look towards? It's ability to defend those that can't defend themselves. Okay. Charity generally. I like listening to Christmas music like the week before Christmas. The ability to pass down. That's when I break out my Christmas playlist. But it's got old shit. It's got new shit. It's got a whole lot of different shit. The cause of the nation above the self. All right. I've got a, an idea I think that's a that. fairly collectivist point, that last one, though, wouldn't it be? Well, God, the nation above itself. I, I mean, I, I mean Stalin, you, you could call it collectivist, but I wouldn't say the state. I'd say the idea of the nation, right? So there's two different things, and those are conflated sometimes by libertarian socialist types, which mm-hmm. is a walking contradiction. I'd love to ask you about that. I like Christmas. I like, uh, I go all out. I cook a big-ass dinner. Yeah. That's what I like about Christmas. The state is a creation of the people. And then I watch, uh, uh, I have a folder of like every Christmas special ever. And so that's why I differentiate between the two. Do you have a loyalty? Do you have a belief that you want to create something bigger than yourselves? I think that's a moral good. Best of us. I, I mean, it's with, uh, and that like, without meaning to. Here in the last couple of Christmases, I watched the, uh, uh, common man, the people, the, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer a becomes a communist. Oh my God. He's like a mall Santa and Elaine dates the communist. And the people, <laughs> he turns Kramer onto the, the communist literature. That That's the best Seinfeld Christmas special. That when you get down to it, this thought process, this mentality, it drives men to... Oh! Oh, no! I Somebody ban him for saying Seinfeld was terrible. I look at you, I see you. Larry David is my idol, so... The nation... The I, d- I didn't mean it. Don't ban him. Love you, Milk. ...compel themselves towards courses that they would otherwise not. So... Expected you to use a 1930s reference earlier, so congratulations. No, well, it is, I'm only saying, just, I'm not calling you a fascist. And, 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 I'm only saying no, that. I know, you did do the correct, I didn't mean to hyperbolize, but there's other nations today that have those values that <laughs> I appreciate it. fascists, like Japan. I was uh, just fucking around. Well, Japan uh, has very strict immigration. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Korea is actually a, a better example, to yeah. be honest. I really don't like either of those countries for the reasons that you I... What the fuck are they talking about? Deeply conservative countries. That I agree with you. Right. They're yeah. wonderful. And I think they, <laughs> they do so in part because they're, um, there's a degree of anti-individualism and the subservience they all expect of the common good. It's been a while since I have gone back and watched the entire series. It's been It's probably been about 10 years when I was in college. For me, the value... So it's, it's about time for me to go back. And watch the entire Which series again. Sure, Which good, is two true. different things. Um, is freedom. That's we sure as fuck can. And that's what libertarian socialism. I am totally down with moving on. I've just been waiting for the for the say so. So we're going to hear from a COVID survivor who said they listened to social media. So, of course, uh, they got some bad info. Yeah, I totally hadn't been paying attention for like the last 40 minutes. I'd just been getting high and talking to you guys. 
vaccinated and infected. A COVID-19 survivor says he made the wrong decision to not get vaccinated and he hurt his family because of it. News Channel 5's Hannah McDonald met with the Clarksville man who says social media posts misdirected him. No shit. I'm camping. I'm doing everything, you know, planning. You don't say. Going on about my business. This isn't going to affect me. But when it hits you, it affects you. It is a life-changing process. Randy Geiger came face to face with COVID-19. When they had me in a car. I have not watched the Bones Christmas special, but I'm going to this year because you brought it up. And um, as long as I had the vent in my mouth that I could take my tongue and touch the vent. Do not put your family and other people through unnecessary heartache. We can't say it enough. Take the vaccine if you can. Some people have medical issues that they can't. And you and and if you don't have a medical issue, do it for the people that have medical issues. Because we were there and we could be with them. Both Geigers are. But I'm preaching to the choir. Get vaccinated. Social media. I'm just doing it so if YouTube challenges me again, I can point to like, look what I said here. I encourage people in our area where they live in Montgomery County only four in ten people are fully vaccinated and as the Delta variant spreads hospitals around the state are admitting 25 percent or more COVID patients than the week before Jesus Christ are now begging fellow rural and Republican neighbors to reevaluate and Republican neighbors do not listen to Facebook do not listen to you know some of the media outlets and different things because there's so many different things said Go to your doctor, listen to what your doctor says. If your doctor tells you to take it, there's a reason for taking it. The couple is proud to say they're vaccinated. Randy has always been strong and healthy and active, so I knew if it got him that I could be sick too. Now they want their neighbors to get theirs too. Be smart. Do not put your family and other people through unnecessary heartache. It's just, it's, it's not worth it. Clarksville, Hannah McDonald, News Channel 5. You're probably going to need a booster shot. And that's that's another thing. The numbers have been encouraging about people getting vaccinated in the last couple of weeks. But anecdotally, I've heard of people going and getting a third shot without telling people. I've seen it on my Facebook. So I wonder if that's actually what's causing the numbers to go up. It's people that have already had the shot. Because that's not what we need right now. We need to get the rest of the community immunized. New York City is taking a correct step in order to protect their citizens. Now, now we're, we're going to talk about the state of New York and their governor here in just a little bit. But the city of New York instituted new requirements for indoor activities. The key to NYC pass. Mayor Bill de Blasio now requiring people to prove they're vaccinated. You go to some place different than you got your first two shots and you don't tell them you've already had another shot. That's what people have been doing. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. The rule will go into effect August 16th and then on September 13th, 
the city will start checking to make sure businesses are complying. This will be not just uh, health department inspectors, but uh, a multi-agency set of inspectors. We got a, a very clear message from the U.S. Department of Justice uh, that it was appropriate. Within 24 hours. Yeah, I don't. Like, we're probably going to see another seasonal flu. Woods Black, the owner of Sylvia, that is very mild. Was among business leaders advocating. Just because social distancing and masks will still be in place this this flu season. This is going to be easy, but it's needed. She's on the board of the Hospitality Alliance, which represents thousands of eateries citywide. The group said the vaccine requirement will be difficult, but it may ultimately prove an essential move to protect public health and we're, ensure that New York... We're going to have to get over the hurdle somehow. ...and shut down orders. It's not a policy without controversy. That word from City Council Health Committee Chair Mark Levine, who compared this new rule to a broader one being implemented in France... <laughs> where protests took place nationwide, even though polls show most French people approve. As for here... If you want to go in the restaurant, now you have to be vaccinated in order for you to go eat inside. So you're going to have I, to... I agree. I don't think... Uh, and that's... that's I don't want to... Uh, love the ones... Um, you the numbers. And if you feel sick, be sure to go get tested. Because we need to know the data. That's your choice, too. So, a different mindset down in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis is running the show. Governor sees some positive signs. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says it's time for a state of emergency declaration. Fox 13's Aaron Mesmer is joining us now live in Tampa. And Aaron, tell us what the governor's response is today. Kelly, the governor believes in what his administration is doing to slow the spread. Fucking nothing. And no matter how high those case numbers gets, uh, he's indicated that he's going to rely on vaccination. Record hospitalizations. Through infections to stop or slow down this current wave. You can't sugarcoat numbers. The number of cases continue to place Florida at the epicenter of the current COVID-19 surge. 51,000 cases between Saturday and Monday, 100 deaths. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is calling on Governor DeSantis to declare a state of emergency. And when I ask for a state of emergency, that is allows us to pull down additional federal resources to get more vaccines, to get more testing sites. During a pair of news conferences, DeSantis didn't acknowledge Freed's request, but in the past, he has said the emergency ended when vaccines became widely available. And he defended his administration's response. I know the media fixates on cases, um, but the best indicator is the emergency room visits for COVID-like illness. Record hospitalizations. Leveling off, and he believes case numbers will soon follow. The governor also believes his seniors' first approach, in which a majority of Florida seniors were vaccinated, is the devil. Thousands of lives. At the end of the day, would I rather have 5,000 cases uh, amongst 20-year-olds? or 500 cases among seniors, I would rather have the younger because uh, of the effect that, that it has. And so what? protecting the vulnerable has been the right way to go. Every life is precious. And to jeopardize our youth, uh, even if it's 5,000 cases, 10,000. I don't know that they're going to lock down. I don't, I fucking. 
lot of doctors disagree with the government. I think they're just going to barrel through it. I don't think they're going to care. Thousand cases a day by September. Meanwhile, Freed, also a candidate for governor, continues. I don't see how they can't, though. Like, two schools have opened in this country. But the governor has said the state reports the day. Both of them have already shut down. More schools, like, open today. For the panic. Obviously, media. Does. Others are opening tomorrow. Fearmonger, you try to do this stuff. If he so chooses to not listen to the people and to the ones that are out there on the front lines, he's creating this frenzy. And again, over the last three days, that Saturday through Monday, the state has seen 51,000 COVID-19 cases and about 100 deaths. Well, I mean, the encouraging thing is in the UK, cases and they pulled all the restrictions, and so far, cases have gone down. Look at the date-to-date, year-to-year. So maybe just through sheer letting it run through the population and vaccination, we've reached some sort of herd immunity. So much to, to stay on. And that we, we might be close to being over it. Because, like, we're lagging like six weeks behind the UK. And so far, so good over there. This is such... It's wild. And I just, like, I can't get over this, this uh, Daily Caller article. I... racist as fuck the picture they used and supposedly they're praising her now this is a wild instance in Dallas County Texas we have a county commissioner who has been removed for not wearing a mask commissioners meeting for not wearing a face mask County Judge Clay Jenkins asked a bailiff to remove Koch from the courtroom after he refused. Koch gathered his stuff and left. Everyone else in the room was wearing masks at the time. Katie Johnston for CBSN. Democratic County Judge Clay Jenkins asked a bailiff to remove Koch from the Dallas County courtroom after he refused. The return to mask wearing is more evident now that Texas is seeing an uptick in COVID-19 cases from government workers to students. A return to mask wearing it seems evident now. I just read that. They repeated the same sentence. Texas lawmakers' calls are growing louder for students to be required to wear face masks as they return to in-person learning. It seems there are politicians that are actually going to protest school districts requiring masks. But now McDonald's is one of a number of retailers that is now requiring customers and staff to wear masks. On Tuesday, McDonald's Corp confirmed masks would be required by all inside the restaurant, regardless of vaccination status comes as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have recommended both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated to wear masks with the surge in the Delta variant strain of the virus. I believe Target, Kroger, those are among the retailers that are requiring masks now. At least private industry is going to lead the way. 
Meanwhile, a group of workers actually walked out of a McDonald's. It looks like today, in protest, there was a recent violent customer attack on a worker. Fuck yeah, shut it down. I got a lot of problems with McDonald's. From the way they treat their workers to the fact that their food is just shit. Now, I'll give them their props. Like, apparently, like the 99-cent cheeseburger is like the most calories you can get like per dollar in the history of the world. Or something to that effect. I think this also, each one of us will remember where we were that day, so I think very significant. Uh, that was the El Paso shooting. Indicating some kind of memory garden. Now, in a shocking ruling, NLRB election official recommends a new union election the Amazon in Bessemer, Alabama, which is fucking awesome. An official with the National Labor Relations Board has recommended that the results of this year's union vote at Amazon's Bessemer Fulfillment Center be set aside, determining that the online retailer violated labor law. Anytime they're ruling against Amazon, I'm all for it. The decision reported by Bloomberg and the Washington Post could pave the way for another vote on whether workers at the warehouse can join a union after an already contentious campaign earlier this year. Despite the recommendation, a decision must still be rendered by the NLRB's regional director. Amazon can also appeal the decision. Of course, they will. A final determination will take several weeks. So that's hella cool. What's not hella cool is that there are some striking miners in Alabama. And they are being attacked by vehicles trying to hit them on the picket line. Apparently another one tried to attack them last night. They are planning a rally tomorrow as the strike enters its fifth month. Members of the United Mine Workers of America are planning a large-scale rally for Wednesday as the union continues to its strike against Warrior Met Coal. They actually went and marched on uh, Warrior Met Coal's uh, headquarters in New York. Union says it will be busing in members from Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia to show support for the strike now in its fifth month. The rally is planned to begin at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. 
Last week, union members from several states took part in a demonstration in Manhattan at the offices of BlackRock, an investment management corporation that is the world's largest asset manager. The union says BlackRock is the largest shareholder in Warrior Met Coal. That is the Alabama company the UMWA has been on strike against since April the 1st. The UMWA international president said that the union is not backing down. So fuck yeah to that union. Fortunately, not backing down is the way you can describe Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York. We're going to watch a little bit of Attorney General Letitia James's press conference from earlier this morning. That Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. He absolutely did. Specifically. The investigation I do not know how Andrew Cuomo is still governor. I do not know how Matt Gates is still in Congress. State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. The investigators independently corroborated and substantiated these facts through interviews and evidence, including contemporaneous... Does anybody want to guess what Andrew Cuomo's response is going to be? ...we made available to the public, along with the report. It is hilarious. This investigation... I mean, this is no laughing matter. The man is a fucking creep. ...sexually harassed by Governor Cuomo. And on March 1st of this year... Not only should he resign, he should probably be arrested. No, he's not going to deny it. ...state executive law 63-8 regarding... (laughs) These allegations. Executive law section 6338 permits the approval of the governor or when directed by the governor to inquire into matters concerning the public peace, the public safety. I'm so, I don't mean to laugh at this. It's just his his defense is so absurd. Independent outside investigators to look into these allegations. And on March 8th, 2021, Ann Clark and June Kim, they were officially deputized as special deputies. Ms. Clark and Mr. Kim and their respective firms were chosen to lead this investigation because of their decades of work at the highest. So there you have Attorney General Letitia James. Let's go to Cuomo. And here is response. I'm seriously, I do not want to downplay this because what he has been accused of is serious, but his, like, it's just fucking laughable. And in content warning, this motherfucker might trigger you. It has been a hard and a painful... Oh, oh no, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. We've got, he's got a pre-prepared video to show us. ...period for me and my family, especially as others feed ugly stories to the press. But I cooperated with a review, and I can now finally share the truth. My attorney, who is a non-political former federal prosecutor, has done a response to each allegation. 
and the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. That document is available on my website. If you are interested, please take the time to read the facts. I'm not. Let's let's hear it, Cuomo. First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. Bullshit. I am 63 years old. I've lived my entire... Now, there is a denial there. I'm sorry. That is just not... Tones, you were partially right. And that's not who I have ever been. There is one complaint that has been made that bothered me most. That was a complaint made by a young woman, Charlotte Bennett, who worked in my office. And it's important to me that you fully understand the situation. Charlotte worked in my office last year as an assistant. She was smart, talented, and eager to learn. She identified herself to me as a survivor of sexual assault. She said that she came to work in my administration because of all the progress we had made in fighting sexual assault. She talked about the personal trauma what? that she endured and how she was handled. This is sickening. I could see how it had affected her. I could see her pain. People now ask me, why was I even talking to this young woman if I knew she was dealing with such issues? Why did I even engage with her? That is the obvious and fair question. And one I have... She was hot. That was a racist... That her story resonated deeply with me. So you took advantage of her? Oh my God! With the same ugliness, the same injustice, the same damage. Not only had I heard the story before, I had lived with the story before. My own family member is a survivor of sexual assault in high school. Oh, shit. I have watched her live and suffer with the trauma. Yeah, I don't know how much I can I can watch of this. We're, we're, we might have to go ahead and fast forward to the... But it never really goes away. So we've got a, we've got a little pre-prepared video. He's going to show us. I actually learned it from my mother and from my father. It is meant to convey warmth, nothing more. Indeed, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of photos of me using the exact same gesture. I do it with everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, Strangers. He sexually assaulted Al Gore. After the event, the woman told the press that she took offense at the gesture. And for that, I apologize. Another woman stated that I kissed. Keep your creepy ass hands to yourself, motherfucker. Yeah, I do it with everyone, and I learned it from my father and my, what, his grandmother? How dare you? Dig up the memory of your grandmother. 
fuck. I'm assuming at some point in time in this bullshit, he says that he's not going to step down. They'll have to impeach the motherfucker. Here's Joe Biden's thoughts on it. Then he should resign. So will you now call on him to resign given the investigator said the... Yeah, yeah, will you? Stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I understand that the state legislature may decide... Yes, any crusty old man accused of sexual assault should resign. A photo of you embracing him in his self-defense to say that these are commonplace. Do you think Mario planted that in his head? Do you wow, could be. Look, I'm not going to flyspeck this. I'm sure there are some embraces that were totally innocent, but apparently the attorney general decided there were things that weren't. Apparently. Motherfucking Cuomo should resign. All right, let's talk about the special election that's going on in Ohio. We'll see if we can get an update and find out if she actually won. The Ohio special election actually means this is a piece in the Atlantic. Democratic primary has become a proxy war between progressives and the establishment, but the outcome won't tell us much about the party's future. Of course, this stream supports Nina Turner. Just a few hours, Americans will start reading headlines announcing all the lessons learned from today's Democratic primary in Ohio's 11th Congressional District. Political writers will treat the race as a parable, a warning for progressives, or an admonishment of the Democratic Party's establishment wing. Twitter pundits will publish threads about the winning candidate strategy to woo working class voters. Cable news commentators might riff on the election as a harbinger of the 2022 midterms. What the fuck? Chantel Brown defeats Nina Turner. Wow. Holy fuck. Cuyahoga County Council member Chantel Brown will defeat former state senator Nina Turner. The multi-candidate Democratic primary for the special election in Ohio's 11th Congressional District. In March, the seat was vacated by then-Democratic Representative Marsha Fudge, who stepped down to become the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Joe Biden. The race became increasingly heated in recent weeks, with Brown seeking to use Turner's national profile against her, portraying the former state lawmaker as a Democrat who wouldn't be a reliable partner with the White House. She was going to be a part of the squad. Turner rejected such assertions and recently released a pointed television advertisement that questioned Brown's ethics. 
While some groups have deemed the race as a proxy between moderate and progressive Democrats, the race is much more nuanced on the local level. Turner and Brown have deep roots in the community and both indicated that issues such as poverty and criminal justice reform would be major priorities if elected to office. Turner spoke to uh, Insider in March and explained the need to combat economic inequalities, a huge issue in the Rust Belt District. The Democratic establishment poured a lot of money into Chantel Brown's candidacy. God damn it. That really bums me out. I'm not high enough for this shit. Crab rave. I make a mean fucking crab dip, I'll tell you that. I'm I'm a big fan like I've usually always got imitation crab on hand. I don't know. I might, I might have to just quit right now. I might not be able to finish this. I'm bummed the fuck out. I thought Nina Turner was going to win. Granted, I had not been paying attention to polls or anything. It sucks. I'm not really going to quit, though. No, we're going to keep going. Over the crab dip or the or Nina Turner not winning? They did everything they could to smear her. They poured a shit ton of money in there. Yeah, yep, that sucks. Also, something that sucks. Officer dead, suspect killed in violence outside of the Pentagon. Pentagon police officer died after being stabbed Tuesday during a burst of violence at a transit center outside the building, and a suspect was shot by law enforcement and died at the scene. Pentagon and headquarters of the U.S. military was temporarily placed on lockdown after a man attacked the officer on a bus platform shortly after 10.30 a.m. The ensuing violence, which included a volley of gunshots, resulted in several casualties said Woodrow Cussey, the chief of the Pentagon Forest Protection Agency, which is responsible for security in the facility. The deaths of the officer and the suspect were first confirmed by officials who were not authorized to discuss the matter and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. The suspect was identified by multiple law enforcement officials as Austin William Lands, 27, of Georgia. The officer was ambushed by Lands, who ran at him and stabbed him in the neck, according to two of the law enforcement officials. Responding officers then shot and killed Lands. Investigators were still trying to determine a motive for the attack and were digging into Lands' background, including any potential history of mental illness or any reason he might want to target the Pentagon or police officers. Officials could not discuss the investigation publicly and spoke to the AP on condition of anonymity. Well, that's wild. Also a bummer. 
personally offended. A Wendy's manager on a power trip was fired after a female employee films him calling her a bitch in a viral video. Wow. Uh, that's exactly what I expected this motherfucker to look like. True to clean, it means the fucking clean, bitch. Whoa. Whoa. I got you on camera, Mike. I got you on camera, Mike. Guess what, Mike? That's the end of the road, Mike. No, it's not. Yes, it's you are about to lose your job. Yeah. You are about to lose your job. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lisa, but you, you got to fire him. You have a right to disrespect what, Mike? I couldn't hear you. Say it again louder for the camera. Say it again. Oh, I fucking love it. We appreciate you. You have no permission to record me. Oh, no. We in public right now. No, we're not. We in public. This is a public restaurant, right? Anybody else working in a public restaurant? Michael has been screaming at me for about five minutes straight. Michael is power tripping. Mike about to lose his job. Mike, don't say nothing else to us. We don't say so. Don't say anything else to us. We don't want to argue with you, sir. We don't want to argue with us. We don't want you to argue. What with is this? A Wendy's? Argue with you, sir. Did I say Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's. No, do not. You're fucking lazy. Your job is to help stock, not delegate. Called her fucking lazy. We gonna stop talking to Michael. We just gonna record because I don't know what else he want me to do. What have you done since we closed? Ooh, Absolutely ooh, ooh, ooh. fucking nothing. Go ahead and let it out, dude. First frosty machine, and I wasn't done. Actually, I wasn't. Jarrell did not. Jarrell, did you clean up that frosty machine? You drained it. No. For him. No. No. That wasn't the case. That's why you no, should okay. mind your own business. Stop trying to trip on Jarrell. Drill, drill is a working man. He just trying to make a living. Sorry, and Steph. He said communist fucking bitch. He said communist fucking bitch. He did. He did. He calls her a fucking communist little fucking bitch. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. In the wake of the incident, Cargill, that was the little that was the young lady in the video, set up a GoFundMe page saying she was the general manager in training and Mike was the assistant manager who did not want her to become the general manager, and that is why he made things difficult for her. Cargill said she was suspended without pay for reporting the hostile work environment and was raising funds to help her pay her monthly bills as she wasn't sure of returning to Wendy's. It was planning on taking legal action. Page has already amassed close to 11,000 in donations. Good on her. Wild scene on a fucking plane. Remember we had the debate about whether you could tape the woman down? Uh... God, that wasn't but a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Like three, four weeks ago? They taped the way she was having like a mental episode? Well, let's 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 debate this one. This motherfucker was getting handsy with the staff. 
and they duct tape him to the seat. So what do you guys think? My parents. He comes out with my parents. Yes, he's suffering from a case of affluence. Wow. I think duct tape comes in handy. Yep, yep. Privilege. My father, my father. I I feel for any industry that has to deal with the public. All right, so we're all in favor on this one, right? This this was the the right course of action. He was he was trying to fight. He was getting handsy with with passengers. One hundred percent. All right, half of congregation accused of stealing eighty k. I didn't know it was that much. God damn. <laughs> Half of congregation accused of stealing 80K from church to buy stuff from Walmart. A small Miggs County, Tennessee church hit by fire back in 2019 is now in the spotlight again after half of its small congregation is indicted for stealing. A grand jury... Walmart might be the only thing near them. <laughs> a grand jury indicted Carolyn Mullins and her son, William Larry Mullins, for theft over 60 grand, according to the Tennessee Comptroller. Now, this half the congregation is two fucking people. Investigators say the pair stole more than 83,000 from Peakland Baptist Church in Miggs County, which has only four members. This is the poor church that burnt down. Comptroller's report says the church decided to rebuild with insurance money from the fire, but the work was never completed due to a lack of funds. Investigators say Larry was the church treasurer and Carolyn was the assistant treasurer, and they were the only authorized signatories on the church bank accounts. So they were just going to take... They they burnt the church down and we're going to pocket the insurance money. That's what happened, right? As for where the stolen money went, investigators say they wrote church checks for cash for themselves 
and that they bought gift cards, cigarettes, a ring, and clothing from Walmart in addition to getting cash back. The Mullinses did transfer 12000 back to the church. However, a balance of seventy-one grand is still owed to the church. Yeah, not sure. I, I, I was asserting as opinion that they burnt the church down. I just thought it was funny that half the congregation, half the congregation. Speaking of some moraling pacifism, we're going to learn how to bake some shit from a puppy. Oh, 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 don't give me your copyrighted music. I don't I don't know what we're making though. I it, maybe we're making a pumpkin pie. Puppy is definitely tasting everything. Quality control. Please don't add them. I'm not sure the puppy should have raw eggs. We got a problem with salmonella. I yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure that uh all those ingredients were safe for consumption for the puppy. But it's a cute video. All right. If you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you a channel that's not doing Charlie Kirk and Vosh is feminist critique I like I do not I eat plenty of food that has cat hair in it so who am I to judge as they let the puppy lick all the shit yeah, it's not good for training, but damn, is it cute. Come on. All right, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.